Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mailfuzz TV. I am Peter and joining me as always, he went to Star Wars Land last week mm-hmm. or whatever it's called. I don't know what the actual name is. A Galaxy's uh, Edge on the planet of Batuu. It's, it's pretty good. Yes, Gal- Galaxy's Edge. It's, it's, it's an offshoot of the Razor's Edge. Apparently Scott Hall was uh, instrumental in putting it together. Uh, Matt's here. Yeah, Chico. <laughs> Uh, Connor's here too. He did not go to Star Wars Land though. No, and he's sad no, about it. No, he's very sad about it. <laughs> a little blow in his mind. Uh, he he probably did go to like a Greg's in the last week though. Maybe maybe he can brag about that. Something you know. You know what? I didn't. Didn't. What's Greg's? Uh, it's a franchise bakers that do pastries and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty good. And uh, <laughs> I'd love to go there too. You you, you would love it, Matt. Give, give yeah. him a, a Greg sausage roll. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, I'm a, sure it's a sure British staple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they have those in Australia too because I was listening to a show and there's a girl from Australia who misses that she can't get the sausage rolls here. Um, and when she was trying to explain them, people kept talking Hot Pocket. She's like, it's not an effing Hot Pocket. It's a sausage roll. It's its own thing. Yeah. And they all like a pig's in a blanket and she got real mad. There was a thing on the internet like two years ago where someone in america was like hey guys i, I just i just created this it's, isn't this amazing it's like mind-blowing huh? like it's just a sausage roll uh, just, i think uh, some some of the irish pubs over here i think have something akin to it where it's basically just a sausage wrapped in in dough and then they bake it right yeah. a little bit different it's kind of puff pastry yeah so but no Pastries are delicious. I don't care who makes them. Even even when they're bad, they're still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. some truth to that. Yeah, so we read all about DC Comics, and we'll get to that soon. Although, expect some rambles before we get there, though, because it's a week five, and it's a week five where I actually have no books. I read nothing this week <laughs> because I had nothing that happened to be a book I read. Uh, so... Uh, but those two will be talking about various books uh, over the course of the show later on. Uh, we got Batman Who Laughs number seven. Uh, Matt, thank God that. that's over. <laughs> oh, tease. Uh, we got Green Lantern Annual number one, uh, which yeah. Carter read presumably. We got Just League Dark Annual number one, which Matt read, um, mm-hmm. which should have theoretically been both. But Connor will explain later why he didn't read that. Uh, and then Batman Last Night in Earth issue two, kind of rounding out the the four new books. Uh, and then Connor also has a Patreon uh, pick that he had to read for this week, which is Generation X uh, number five, I want to say. Uh, so, yes. Sounds right. I don't know, it was just the next one in the book, but yes, probably five. I think it was number five. Um, so, you know, we, we got we got, we got got all that coming. Um, There's like one little bit of news. And we got, we'll do some questions and uh, we'll generally faff around a little bit because it's kind of a laid back week. Episode 166 yeah. is. Uh, a laid back episode is is the one bit of news the same bit of news we've had for the last month it is indeed shazam number seven has been pushed back yet again it is now <laughs> scheduled to be released on september 4th notably the next two issues are still scheduled for september 11th and 25th respectively so uh, obviously they're going to move um no <laughs> doubts about that but once again, Shazam's been pushed. Um, I, you know, it almost makes you wonder why not just push it a full month the first time you push it, rather than doing it one week every single week. It just—it's. I don't know, and and stop publishing new issues. 
Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, the October solicits had a solicit. I mean, issue... What, 11 was in the October solicits, I think? Yeah, it was supposed to be on week two, I think, in October, which is just not happening. Which is right now, one week after issue 10's current date, which, again, unlikely to happen. Um, So, I don't know what's going on with this. I really don't. Um, I can't imagine it's art at this point. It's been... No, I think... When it was just Doomsday Clock getting delayed, and you know, well, it's Gary Frank. He's a notoriously slow artist, right? Mm-hmm. You go, okay, sure, it's probably just that. With this as well, I'm, I'm inclined to blame Johns. Yeah, I wonder if he's still working on Three Jokers. He's still finishing up Doomsday Clock. I wonder what oh, else yeah, that's going a thing. on. He's definitely working on that because uh, Fabok's been teasing it and teasing the odd panel here or there on Twitter. So he's he's underway on that do i wonder i wonder like because even that doesn't sound like a huge amount no for a comic book right i wonder if there's something else cooking that's not necessarily comic book related that he's working on that we just don't know about yet yeah could well be uh well he's developing more shows for universe i mean he is show running star girl i mean <laughs> that actually maybe was taking up his time could be more than anything else uh which is clearly forgotten about when i was saying i don't know what it is that's probably what it is it's probably star girl <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was the one bit of news. Uh, that, that was that was basically it. Hey, Matt, what'd you do this week? Um, watched a lot of the G one. Mm. Uh, try to Is get that caught still up. Going? Oh yeah, it's it's a month long, man. Twenty shows. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, I just I just saw Ishii versus Goto last night, and I came home from local wrestling, and then I watched more wrestling. I might have a problem, but since since Ash has been sick, she was asleep, so I had to be very quiet while two big ass Japanese men are beating the hell out of each other. It's very difficult because it's the exact style that I like. But uh yeah, and then recuperate from from Anaheim. Cause those uh those up and back trips can be rough. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh what did I do this week? I don't know. I got a couple of movies and I watched a really weird uh French movie actually. <laughs> Sweet. I just say French movie and we get to the math. It's called Knife Plus Heart. I just, just I would try to get my movie watch it up. So I watched that, uh, and I watched Hatchery and Dragon Three because finally, which oh nice, it's good. Done. Um, no, yeah, I'd, yeah, I love it in Super Act Doll this week for whatever reason. Um, I watched a lot better G One. I'm not as up to date as Matt is though. Uh, mm, so it's a lucky but it's, it's just a he- heavy yeah, schedule. It's, it's it's really tough. Um, and it sucks this year. It sucks in the best way possible because usually I just I'll pick a block and watch all of that, and then peek in on the other one. But I'm watching just about everything right now. So uh, there's a real fun spot you'll get to. Um, you might want to watch. It's not in the main show. It's on one of the undercard matches, but it's between John Moxley and Yano, and and Yano sells Moxley a DVD in the comedy that comes from that. Um, he charges him 5,000 yen, but of course Moxley doesn't have it, so he has to borrow it from the ref. So it's real funny. And I did the math, so 5,000 yen to to American dollars is like 46 bucks. So that's a very expensive DVD. You're not even talking Blu-ray. I think Yano's a, a you know, Better he's ripping people off there. Better, better yeah. hustler, yeah. So. That sounds about right. Um, uh-huh. Now, um, no, but kind of a weird week actually. Uh, in terms of, actually, we have we have we have an announcement to make. Actually, oh, we already made the announcement, admittedly. But 
In relation to television from the multiverse, um, it was a big change this week, and it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> wow. I hear some cheering coming from Connor, but I don't think it's him. I think it's his lover. Mm, mm. Uh, now, nah, it was a tough choice, but ultimately we had to make it because uh, it was taking so much time of our, of our week, which we could have been spent recording other things that do better. Um, so that, that's the long short of it. We did a longer explanation on the TV news uh, yeah. that just went up today. Uh, the, the TV news that Pete still hasn't watched Harley Quinn trailer for because he's an absolute dick. That's, that's fine. I can live with that. He makes a point of making me watch all the damn trailers, and I'm like, "Hey, what about Harley Quinn? That had a trailer." He goes, "Ah, oh, well, shit. We'll do it on we'll do it on on television multiverse, which then got cancelled." Uh, and he's like, "Oh well, that's why it got cancelled. Has nothing to do with time. He just doesn't want to watch the Harley Quinn trailer." <laughs> I was already burned the whole show just so I don't have to watch that trailer. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah. So. I'm still going to watch most of the shows and probably talk about them in some streams or whatever. Um, one one person did ask if they could keep any, any of the shows alive through Patreon. Um, so I, potentially I might solo review some of the shows if patrons want to sponsor them, but um, otherwise TV Multiverse is, uh, is uh, gone. So. If, if we can swing it, uh, maybe maybe we can do a, a... like It wouldn't really be a crossover right now, but... For for the crisis, I mean that's a pretty big story this year. Do you want to talk about crisis, Matt? Is that what you're saying? I'm just saying, if if you know, if I'm caught up, because you know how I take my time on these things. Yeah. 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 Um. So no. Uh, although for the record, we are still going to review Doom Patrol as a regular TV review, like we do everything else. So. What about what about Swamp Thing? Pete. <laughs> oh no, I'm not finishing that piece of shit. I'm done. I, I am taking great enjoyment in the fact that knowing that, that Pete watched one more episode of Swamp Thing than I did. Are oh, you such a prick? I Yeah, I watched episode eight. I regret it. I regret it deeply. I I have a I have a friend that uh is really, really big in Swamp Thing. And I I haven't watched the show, but I'm only going off of your guys' judgment here and saying like it's the best reviewed show after uh, Young Justice. This was his claim, um, and that he's very upset that they're not getting a second season. Um, I don't know. This this kid also we we he'll probably never see this. So I I mean, mercy I killing. Probably speak freely. Mercy huh? killing, Matt. Mercy killing. Yeah. Yeah, they, they put in like a, a post credits tease, like, yeah. like like what would have been for season two, I assume. Right. I don't know why. Yeah. They don't get any more. Why, why bother? This person I'm talking about gets very excitable like a child and has spoiled numerous things on numerous occasions. So... Oh, is I, anything worth spoiling that show? Well, I'm not talking about that, but I am saying, like, his. I'm sure his excitability is going much further with his love of Swamp Thing. So, you know. I don't know. I, you would think that in the age of streaming where they just keep things alive just to have them, you know, but shoot. Yeah. Well, this was a really particular case where they were supposed to get a tax cut from the state yeah. and then they didn't get the tax someone cut. Fumbled the, someone fumbled <laughs> the paperwork, showing yeah. up costing them way more than it should have. Because um, this isn't like uh, Netflix in, in the Marvel shows where we all kind of saw the writing on the wall with the, with the streaming shows. You know, so they, they cancelled them. No, oh, no, no. This they was could. a pure clerical yeah. paperwork error. And they went, shit, right. we didn't pay well, that much. Cancel it now. 
in general, you know, like it's very like these streaming shows just stop. They don't announce that they're canceled or anything, you know. So. Well, they're doing this to cancel. The amount that's still happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but like outside of the the the, the Marvel Netflix stuff. And now this, I can't think any that come to mind. Oh, you know, can. they'll say that they finished their run. You know what I mean? I mean, Netflix have been canceling stuff. Although Netflix, to be fair, have been doing a lot of uh, announcing. This is your third and final season. This is your fourth and yeah. final season. So they, they they know going in that they're getting that they're ending. So they they've definitely canceled stuff though. They are yeah they've they've canceled a few things that um you know got one one or two seasons um. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, we, re- uh, we are watching The Boys, though. That's what one thing we've been reviewing this past week or so yeah. uh, on Amazon Prime, and that is pretty good, actually. Uh, I, uh, surprisingly I so. I wasn't into Preacher. Did you guys oh. watch Preacher? We, we, we saw it. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. I watched the first episode, and I was like, meh. No. Um, we kind of this gave me those kind of vibes. The season. No, this is... Um, if I was to compare this to Earth, then it's a little bit kick-ass, and I mean that in including like the heart that kick-ass has, so... It's really good at being funny and dark, but then also being really heartfelt in other well, moments. Yeah, when you say heart, I don't. That's not what I was getting to. Like, I'd go to the movies, and I I would see Keith Urban there. Keith Urban, Carl Urban. Keith Urban sings. Carl Urban acts. Um, and, and I I like Carl Urban, and then I'd see that it's the boys, and it just seemed like it was trying really hard to be edgy and look at us and no, we thought we're tearing apart. Yeah, the trailers, we thought that right? trailers. Yeah. But it's, okay. it's, it's much better really than that. Quite good. Uh, I, I will as a, trust you as a DC guys. fan, you know, like with yeah, because, it's all based off of DC heroes. Yeah, right. their evil team of superheroes are clearly archetyped off of you know, like right. Homelander, Superman, Queen Maeve is Wonder Woman, A Train's Flash, um, the Deep is Aquaman, down to the fact that they all make fun of him for being the fish guy. Like it's clearly right. correlated. Well, this is this is all um, Garth Ennis, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based off of his series, so. I wouldn't be, you know, surprised. because yeah, it, it did start under the Wildstorm imprint originally before it moved to, to Dynamite because I think DC were, were not entirely comfortable with the yeah. uh, the anti-superhero tone. Well, yeah, you had that and then you had the Authority, which was clearly, you know, Justice League archetypes as well. So yeah. there's a lot going on there. Um, yeah. So, and, and Ennis has never met a sacred cow he hasn't tried to destroy with a hammer. So... Yeah, but unlike oh, Punisher... And the reason why Punisher, uh, not Punisher, sorry, Preacher, the reason why Preacher um, right. has such a difference in quality, I would suspect, is because uh, The Boys is show run by Eric Kripke, who does Supernatural uh, in the uh-huh. other seasons. So, a, a big problem with Preacher, especially the first season, was there was no road trip. Yes. Like, it was just, okay, we, we're going to adapt this for TV and make it into a traditional TV show with here's all the recurring characters in the one you know town and you you really felt that yeah. whereas this is unashamedly a, a, what i can only assume a pretty faithful adaptation in most regards yeah mm. they, i mean yeah preacher season one had some high points but it, you, you got the feeling by the end of it that it was like maybe two episodes worth of the actual story spread out over 10 episodes that's that's how it felt oh um you guys watch good omens nah. no because pete's boring okay i don't want to watch it well, that's, that, that's i have that to watch too um Still entrenched in Riverdale, but <laughs> can't seem me to get through it when you, your wife's sick and all she wants to do is sleep and you can't watch it without her. So, but Archie got attacked by a bear and I got very excited, but I didn't see the bear. So then I got sad. 
You should have two shows at any time, Matt. You should have a, have the non-wave show at the same time so you can opt that in. Oh, I do. I'm watching Animal Kingdom. Uh-huh. But, you know, with the G1, I started watching Animal Kingdom and then the G1 started. So that's that's taking up all my... When I'm caught up with that, I'm planning on Veronica Mars because you don't want to watch that. And that's all on Hulu now. So... Hmm. But that, that's a... Uh, man, I'm so used to the 13-episode stuff now that, that I enjoy... Then when I got to Veronica Mars and I saw how there's 22 episodes per season, I'm like, damn, that's a commitment. Yeah. It's going to take me a minute. Oh, I mean, I isn't obviously... Riverdale that much? No. Yeah, Riverdale's just as many as that. Yeah, Riverdale's yeah, like yeah, 20 yeah. or something like that, yeah. Um, yeah, well, at least the new season's only like 10 episodes or 8 or 10. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, when I have the movie to watch too. So... There's a really confusing thing. They're doing a Blu-ray release of the, yeah. the new season of Veronica Mars, but the Blu-ray's labeled as season one, right. which is... So damn confusing. And I get that it's kind yeah. of a refresh because it's on Hulu now, but... Yeah. Confusing. <laughs> yeah. Marvel does that with their with their trades where, like, the Ed Brubaker Winter Soldier stuff, mm. there's there's Captain America Volume 1, the Winter Soldier, right? And then they'll do, like, the next story is Volume 1 as well. And it's like, just make them Captain America Volume whatever, you know what I mean? And go in order for Brubaker's run. I mean, it'd be fine if if Veronica Mars' new season had like a, a new subtitle, like it was like Veronica yeah. Mars Returns, right? Season one, right. fine, whatever. Right. But no, it's Veronica Mars, the complete first Return season. Return to Neptune. <laughs> Return to Neptune. I always knew. I so I've never really watched the show, but I know it takes place in the fictional Neptune, California. Yep. And it sounds like somewhere I'd want to go visit. So. Um, I've seen the first two seasons uh, of Veronica Mars, and I enjoyed them quite a bit. This was this was back when it was airing, so it's been a yeah. long time, but. Yeah. Um, uh, but no, so that, that's my next one after, after probably the G one and I get through. Well, I can watch the boys. The boys weekly? No, no, it's all up. All all the episodes. Cool, I could binge that easier. She ain't gonna watch that. Yeah, and I have legends. It's uh, only eight episodes, so it's, it's fairly quick. Yeah. We've done four so far out of eight. Um, yeah. yeah, actually, do you know what I started watching last night? Um, I started watching uh, season six of Parks and Rec because. Show's great, and I always seem to just leave it yes. until the season's done before I watch it. So yeah. I'm seven Wait, episodes in it? already. Was that? Did you not watch it before? No, you did. What do you mean? Not from not season six. I didn't. Huh? Season six was just airing. It was just finished a couple months ago. Wait, you, you said, said Parks, Parks and Rec. Rec. Oh, sorry, Brooklyn Nine Nine is what I meant. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes that's way more you're sense. Confusing me. Because then I was like, wait, is, is Pete doing a bit? Yeah, and I was yeah, like, wait, did you for some reason not watch the last season no, of Parts no, no, of no, no, no. And, and you're only just getting to it? Like... Well, first of all, the last season of Parts of Rep was season seven. Come on now. That's, that's uh, seven? Okay. Let's not get Whatever. silly now. But, um, no, I was missing. I, I, so you know what? Brilliant 99 is, is Parson and Rec in a police station, all right? That's, that's what it is. <laughs> And Parks and Rec was the office in a parks department. Yes. So you could say that Brooklyn Nine Nine is the office in a police department. Too. Sure. Parks and Rec's the best of the three, but yeah. And then Brooklyn, and then yeah, the office. If Office didn't go oh, downhill it's... after like season four or five, then I might not. Yeah. You know, I may be a different Seasons story. Seasons through two five, two through five of the Office are like some of I, my I, favorite TV ever. I, I... I, I think all those seasons of The Office are better than anything Parks and Rec does in, like, you know... Bro! In, no, in, I don't agree with that. Through, through two through six of those. Bro, no, no. way. Parts Parks and Rec's the Parks better show. Parks as a whole, I can't pick a favorite season. I have a hard time picking a favorite episode of Parks. 
just because it's so spread out so well. I think my favorite season of Parks and Rec is season four because that was the campaign season when she was running for office. That was a good one. I like the the festival, uh, the Harvest Fest. Mm. I think it's season three. Just just for Adam Scott not understanding Pawnee. Bye like, bye, little okay. Sebastian. <laughs> no. Um but it's all good. Um somehow I came across the Josie and the Pussycats soundtrack. Right? That's really good. It's like just really somehow good. stumbled across yeah. it. I think it came up on YouTube because I was watching a lot of old like pop punk stuff from from the early two thousands. And it came up and I was like, I recognize that voice. And the the singing voice for Josie in that movie was the girl from Letters to Cleo. So now I just think of Ben Wyatt being a really big Josie and the Pussycats fan. You know? So. Also, Ron Swanson's a better character than anyone in the office. I'm going to say that right now. I don't know. Dwight has moments. Well, no, no. He, he, he is arguably, but also he's just Nick Offerman, right? So uh, it's... Nick's a little bit, little bit softer. Not by that much. Uh, as he likes a, to say, a slightly toned up version. He's. I love when he other like people are like, oh, your family must be like, so gruff and you know outdoorsy. He's like, well, they are. Just remember, I'm the one that went off to California to be an actor. They all stayed in uh, Illinois. So they're like him times ten. Yeah. So I, I would guess that his family are more the real Rons. Mm. Um, but yeah, who's your guys' favorite Parks and Rec character? out there hit us up on twitter because mm-hmm. i'm curious i don't know dwight dwight's pretty good too i mean Dwight's good i don't the way he became a caricature of himself the, the more yeah. that show went on so but yeah that's what i say season three to five like him and his him and his his relationship with pam where you know secretly he can be like nice and normal around her you know and and the only way dwight knows how I like all that stuff. Um, but yeah. No, Parks and Rec, and then Brooklyn, and then The Office. Mm. Bro- Brooklyn surprised me, because like, when it started, I didn't think it was up there at all. Um, I enjoyed it well enough, but it, it, it evolved over the seasons to the point yeah. where, by the time it got to like season four, yeah. it was really starting to impress me. Yeah, now when you're talking about characters just being themselves, that's how I feel about uh, uh, Terry Crews. The Sergeant Jefford is just him in a police uniform. He is, yeah. You know, down to the yogurt and the art. Terry got to have his yogurt. Yeah. yeah. My, I mean, the best character in Brooklyn Nine is by far Holt. And I'll tell you why. Because yes. anytime Holt, because he doesn't want to like be a part of an event and silly or anything like that, but right. he somehow gets invested in something and he will start to actually emote a little bit more. Anytime that happens, it's, it's great. You know, one of the ones I just watched last night was... Uh, T- Terry and Hitchcock and Sully were doing a radio competition and they were trying to like guess the noise and mm-hmm. Holt obviously thought this was stupid until he thought he heard it and then all of right. a sudden he became very passionate about winning this competition and it was delightful yeah. it's always delightful and anything with chatter Ch- chatter chatter and Holt oh the dog uh, passed away that was in the news I know a few weeks ago real sad yeah. that was a Corgi fan and a chatter fan very sad but <laughs> it's uh no, he's he's good. That whole cast, uh, and I feel like the writing because it's all the same writing staff, right? Like you have to think there's a lot of crossover there with the showrunners and. Oh yeah, make sure who created the shows. I'm pretty uh, sure. Yeah, T T. So yeah. you you could see how they kind of get the group dynamics down 
with each subsequent show. You know, where the office, it's kind of, they're all kind of loose. And then with Parks, there's a central group. But there's a much bigger group in, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You know, and they all have varying relationships with each other. Whereas, like, looking back on The Office, like, Oscar and, and Ryan never really interacted. Whereas on, on Brooklyn, you can have a whole episode about Rosa and Hitchcock. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, about their relationships, but you know, Brooklyn's Brooklyn's. I gotta get caught up. To some, I'm all sitting on my DDR. To somehow tie this back into DC, the actor who played Aquaman in Smallville is the younger version of uh, uh, Hitchcock in the flashbacks on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Shut up. Yep. And he's also played oh, Hawk okay. on Titans. Actually, that's more relevant, I guess now. But I must, still, I must have missed that. I think I've seen that episode. Well, it's the second one because I, 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 I just saw him again last night in one of the episodes. Of yeah. Season six. Yeah, because I remember that episode, but I did not. No, that was Justin Hartley. Oh, oh no, 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 not Justin Hartley. Justin Hartley's Arrow. Yeah, he, he was Green Arrow. Um, yeah, he, he he was going to play Aquaman in the spinoff that never in happened. In Mercy Reef. That's right. Yes. That's right. Oh, man, it's too many people man. have tried to play Aquaman. Apparently so. Yeah. Apparently so. Uh, and we're getting Tom Welling too. Apparently in in Crisis this year. Oh, have they, have they rumored that? Yeah, because they've confirmed yeah. Cryer as Luther. They've confirmed um, Brandon Ruth as Superman, obviously. Um, of of, of Kingdom Come. Yeah. Or the Kingdom Come S. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah it's uh, reported. It's not official yet. It, it was uh, reportedly Tom Welling and Linda Carr. Yeah, yeah. As their respective Superman and Wonder Woman's. Which... Well, Linda Carr's been in Wonder- Supergirl before. Supergirl, yeah. Supergirl she yeah. was the president. Um, so she's not a huge surprise. They've had her before. No. Yeah, I think well, the bigger the bigger surprise over the last couple of weeks was uh, Burt Ward. Yeah, like, that was a, a a surprise get. You know, not not any of the ones that we were guessing as oh maybe they'll get this person or that person. Which I don't and this, think this we ever why, said his name. For for as bad as sometimes those shows can be on the CW, they're still having fun, which they're just starting to do in the movies. With Shazam, you know, like hey, Aquaman was fun. Yeah, but it wasn't like it was fun, but it was still. I'm not saying it was a great movie. I'm saying it was fun. Yeah, they, they were having yeah. fun with Aquaman. There's no yeah. arguing that. Wait, yeah. have you seen Shazam yet, Connor? No. Okay. <laughs> M- maybe this week. Because uh, Shazam's definitely fun and good. So he's giving me shit for it. not watching Harley Quinn trailer, and he's still not yeah. seen Shazam. There's a difference yeah. between a 90 second trailer and a two hour movie. Exactly, a DC fan would have seen the movie. <laughs> DC fan might have more time. <laughs> all, all I know is it's it's you know. Uh, I want I want to do a, I do a DC TV show where every episode is exactly fifty two minutes, no more, no less. We can do that. With if this. those if those crisis episodes don't do that, I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> I'm looking forward to crisis. I am. I am but their their runtime is exactly fifty two I... minutes. I was looking forward to it until we cancelled uh, Television of the Multiverse, which means I probably won't get around to it now for years. Nah. Because I don't have time to watch TV that we're not covering. He's, he's also adamant that he won't just watch it if he's not caught up in all the... Uh, oh, well. Every other show. <laughs> which is a lot. That's like five shows to be up to date on. Yeah. <laughs> to, do, to do that one. Oh. Um. You know, we have questions. We do have questions. Do you want to do questions? Yeah. Like Some questions. 
So actually, we'll start off with one from the email, uh, our new email, which is mftv at sorry mftvquestions at gmail.com uh, we can send longer questions and uh, just put in the subject bar the what show it's for so in this case comments from the multiverse um, and you can send us these at any time and we'll just let them pale up for future uh, question shows but obviously when we ask for questions specifically to, to, to think about sending one in uh, so from John Spiliotopoulos a couple of questions here uh, so been waiting to ask questions um, so he's happy we've got an email now because uh, I don't have a Twitter um, so one, how did you guys meet? I think it's awesome that we have three different representations uh, of the world. Uh, short answer for that is just on a Facebook group for an, yeah. amusingly another comic book podcast, which no longer exists. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was I was recounting this to Ashley over dinner last week because there was a a post on Twitter and and whatnot, and I got really into it because uh, the stuff that was going on with James and stuff. And so she's like, why are you so invested? And I had to go into this whole big thing about, you know, that group split into groups and that group split into a group. And then there's all these things. But we are we are the surviving group um, at my Fuzz. So hmm. it's very excited. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. Um, just mm-hmm. met online and kind of went from there. Me and Matt started talking about movies and... Yeah. Uh, well... It's the original name of the the uh, of the group was was based off of that initial group. It was because it was it was a, it was a sideways. Yeah. So and then that became irrelevant after a while, and then yeah, and so on and so on. Um, yeah, and then obviously I mean, the, the, the Facebook group still exists. It's, you know, it does search for for, for Maltfuzz on on Facebook and you know join mm-hmm. and go and chat with people. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then obviously comic book podcasts, it was just, we were already recording other stuff for like TV shows and that, and then Rebirth was happening, it seemed like, it seemed like yeah. a good time to start a Rebirth. show. So, it, here we are. Mm-hmm. 166 episodes later. Oh, how, how are we still stuck here? Nothing's changed in like three years. Ah, general pathetic existences, I suppose. Uh, waiting for a crisis to shake things up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, go poke the any monitor with a stick. I'll be uh, back. Yeah. Uh, next Just up, checking those aren't red skies. Second question here was: uh, Cara doesn't like reading Bendis. Matt and Peter don't really like reading Morrison. Is there any other writers that you, you see on a book and you will pass just on their name? What about the opposite? Do you see a writer's name and you just have to read it? Um, I feel like the obvious uh, answer here that I I would expect you so almost many. mention the question, uh, yeah. expecting us to say, but I think all three of us would unanimously say. Lobdell <laughs> would yeah. be an instant pass. But see, the the, the person that, that sent the question was smart because they didn't name them. So, well done. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Is there and, an example? I mean, honestly, I don't like hate Morrison. Like, there's definitely some stuff Morrison writes that I like. He's, yeah. he's not a complete write-off for me. No. Um, I, I, I'm trying to think. Hickman. Yeah, Hickman's one pretty much for me. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't get up to to pick up the new X Men book just because. It's going to be a lot because it's Hickman. Um, he's created a whole new language. Ah, great. So he's the James Cameron of comic books, is what you're saying. No? Is it a thud? All right. I'm, I'm trying to decide on. if that's giving, if it, who, who that's insulting more. I feel like, I mean, Tolkien created a whole language. He's a better comparison. Yeah, but yeah, I, 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 I broke... explicitly did not want to compare him to Tolkien because that's like... A good Here's thing, the thing, though. Hickman is not. Here's the thing with Tolkien, though. Love him or hate him, he was a linguist. So 
Yeah. It would be stupid he, for him not to create languages in his He books. created the like, languages first. He he only wrote and the then books he wrote to the books have to something to do with them. the languages. Yeah. Yeah. I'd still rather watch Terminator. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, personal <laughs> taste and all that. Uh, Tim, Tim thinking that Judgment Day is not a good movie cracked me up. He doesn't believe that. He was just trying to weigh me I up. I know he doesn't. Just trying to weigh me up the menace that he is. One day he's uh, going to reveal he actually hates the boy. No. It's he actually act. likes it. He brought it up out of like nowhere <laughs> in Star Wars land. Of course he did. Oh, oh. Yeah. So, okay. um, oh, there's Order 66 uh, when the boy's around. Get, get, let's get Bram's <laughs> killed. So... There's there's not too many others because I'll I'll try just about anything. I'm not big on Orlando, but I'm gonna try his monster book just based off of the. It's yeah. not a complete write-off. Um, yeah, he's yeah. not a complete write-off, but he's done enough stuff that I haven't really enjoyed. Um, it's just not my thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm typically skeptical going to the Orlando book, but I'll still try most mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. yeah. This isn't exclusive to DC writers, I assume, at this point. Well, no, I mean we talked about Hickman. That was, yeah. that was the main so, one for uh, me. Rick Remender. Yeah, I'm not big on Remender. Outstanding. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I'm not really tested. His Uncanny X Force is really good. I really enjoyed that, and his Uncanny Avengers. I hear more mainstream superhero so stuff. I tend to like more, and I just I can't. Remender, yeah. I tried his book Strange Girl, and then I've tried his Captain America, and I tried his Uncanny Avengers, and I just wasn't into any of them. Like they were all kind of. Yeah, I I tried the Uncanny Avengers. I tried his uh, Captain America. I tried. What was his sci-fi creator own book? With, uh, uh, which one? No, with uh, with uh, was, with Mighty Osclera. Uh, is that that's either Low or Black Science? Black Science. Because yeah. I tried that because art's gorgeous, and I just yeah. I, I I I borrowed the first trade off a friend, mm. and I couldn't even finish it. Hmm. See. And then on the opposite side of instant, I mean, there's there's the Johns and and the Bendises, and yeah, I feel there's uh, a lot more for the positive side because you just you, you yeah, like a lot of writers, but, so you're always going to try their book. <laughs> yeah, Rucka, Rucka is the one, and then right now for me especially is Brubaker. Whatever he's putting out, I'm gonna pick up and read. Brubaker's a good one. Um, um, uh, Kieran Gillen for me is one. Uh, to go outside of the other, the standard wheelhouse of the DC yeah. writers. It's fine. If Ethan Gillen's more on the opposite end for me, I'll, I'll happily skip his stuff. Yeah. Uh, Jason Aaron. Although that said, I haven't tried his new creator owned just because I don't have enough. Yeah, but that's because it's also code on with, with Hopeless. And I'm like, eh. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Jason Aaron. Uh, I'm waiting for Conan. Mario browbeat me about not reading Conan. But I said, I, I got through the first issue and I decided to trade. So I, I got through about four issues, and I really yeah. like those four issues. Yeah. And then I got to an issue with an artist that I couldn't stand. Yeah. I couldn't read it, and I, I just never went back. After it was two issues of that artist, I never went back. Um, Shame. There's Aaron. I'm trying to think who else. I really like Brian Wood, but he hasn't had anything out that I've just jumped to recently. Yeah. But I tend to like his stuff more than I don't still like it. Still doing Sword Door, I think, right? That's yeah. still going. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Lemire is um, an obvious one, like to the point where I'll even buy like his, you know, his, uh, you know, the, uh, the, uh, creator own graphic novels that he does. Yeah. yeah. Well, this question uh, then, did you read Lemire's Century? I, I did actually. Fair enough. It was rough. <laughs> Mainly because I don't oh. like Century. 
I I had never read anything Century before. Mm-hmm. That first issue caught me off guard, and I had a blast. It was not what I was expecting at all. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a typical no. Century story, to be fair. Yeah, um, uh, and now, and now the patron saint of our show, Tom Taylor, mm-hmm. he's on that list. Oh, t- you said Tom Taylor. Yeah. You say I did. Oh, oh, there it goes. oh no, it, it didn't play. Oh, I didn't do it again because it only played half of it. Tom Taylor. There you go. Yep. It was oddly so, muted uh, when I no, activated it. It's because it. you muted it the other day when uh, when you weren't on your, your program and you hit the hotkey and it played anyway. That's right. That's mm. right. <laughs> and, so, was, and you were just there going, why is the Tom <laughs> Taylor jingle playing? Yeah, he. Um, I picked up this week and I haven't had a chance to read it yet his Star Wars special. I'm excited for that. Um, the first two of his Age of Resistance books have been really good. Which were the first um, ones? Uh, uh, Finn and Phasma. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were good. Oof. That Phasma one, I want to see more Phasma in the movies. Like yeah. The the Phasma it, book from a couple of years ago, uh, which is kind of like her origin story, was, was yeah. really good. Yeah, I want to go back and read that one now. Um, but yeah, and then Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man. And yeah, there's deceased. a bit of a... A bit of a kerfuffle going on with Friendly Neighborhood mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I don't know if you've seen. Uh, yeah. So the Marvel resolicited issues eleven and twelve with a mm-hmm. whole new story, different uh, different artist, and then on on the uh, on issue twelve they added a, a finale variant, which is something Marvel does on final issues. Instead of putting a final issue tag on on their solicit, right. they often put that. And um, so, you know, someone tweeted at, at Tom Taylor going, "Hey, you know what's going on?" And he's like. I've got no idea. I'm working on 13 right now, and I was right. planning on going straight on to 14. So, yeah, should I stop writing? <laughs> so, not sure what's going on with that. Mm, that is odd. That is odd. I do hope it's not cancelled, because... Yeah. Mar- Marvel have a tendency to cancel books I like. Um, yeah, especially yeah. around that 12-issue mark, if, if, if it gets past 6. West Coast Avengers Heart. Yeah, that was so good. Well, I just mean how how much like Spider Man, Spider Man sells like Batman sells. So like, what are they getting canceling it? I don't think it sold. No. As well as you're thinking, this one. I think... No, Friendly Neighborhood did like a I don't know thirty forty thousand sort of book. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a you know a solid mid tier book. It wasn't a, a Batman book. Yeah, amazing Spider Man does you know your insane numbers, Real well. but yeah, uh, all Dang. the other ones don't for the most part. So that kind of sucks. Um, yeah. As for any other names we've not mentioned here, I mean Tamaki's one that's been kind of rising for me uh, mm-hmm. between being super and then our X twenty three stuff. Um, yeah, I'm I'm more inclined to pick up stuff by her uh, quite readily. Just on um, a like a, a side tangent to the the question: Are there any artists where you'll go, "Oh, they're on that. I want to check this out." Uh, traditionally, not exactly. That said, though, like there's a new Cedric Harley Quinn book coming out, and I don't typically try Harley Quinn books, but I'm probably going to try that one just because it's Cedric. So, I, yeah. I guess, I guess that's kind of the case with him. But yeah, yeah, because I've read books like just for for McKelvey. I've I've read books just for him. Uh, like you know, Liam Sharp probably is is getting to that territory where, hey, I'm going to read it. I mean. It, it's not exclusively like where, okay, if I hate the writing, I'm not going to, you know, force myself through it just for the art. Um, but yeah, it, it, can with... be, it can be a writer I don't necessarily care about, 
Whereas, okay, I'm reading it for the artist, and as long as the writing is serviceable, I, I'll, I'm there. Yeah, see, I don't pay attention to the art as much. Okay, there's artists I really like, right? Like Lupacino, um, um, uh, Zermonico comes to mind. But I'm not going to go out of my way to pick up a book just because they're on it. I'll pick up a variant, like that Naomi variant was Lupacino. Mm. Like, I went out of my way to pick that up. But yeah. and I, I've been, you know, I've been challenged by other comic fans. Like, it's part of the medium, and I understand that, and it's just as important as the writing. But I'm very story and writing based, and you know, or even more character than I am art. But if the art is something I don't like, I I won't hesitate to drop. You know, like. Yeah, you're more willing to drop a book because of art than you are to pick up yeah. one because of it. But I mean. Yeah. Uh... Like uh, uh, Jen Bartel, you know, Black Bear. I read that yep. just because, oh, hey, I, I like Jen Bartel. Yep. I'll check I, out. I struggled through the, those first six issues. Uh, not really enjoying the story, but the art. It's fantastic. Once, once magical creatures start popping up and the designs of it, and, yeah. you know, uh, but I, I love. She did a, a variant for, or maybe she was just sketching, but she did the Piccolo Teen Titans. Oh yeah, yeah. You can buy the oh, print, can't you? God, they're... her Starfire is is tops. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think I saw uh, she's got. I don't, I don't know what it's on. I think it's on some sort of like you know encyclopedia style, you know, coffee mm-hmm. table book that's coming out like a yeah. like a women of DC that yeah. she's got the the cover Ooh. for, and it's fantastic. Uh, you have to check it out. But yeah, so Bartels one, I guess, would go into that. But I'll check it out, but I won't necessarily. Stick yeah, you won't necessarily keep for it, but you know it's yeah. it's enough to get your attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll move on to some other questions then. Uh, going to the Twitters. Uh, I talking Superman uh, asked a couple. He actually said to ignore the first one, but you know what? I'm going to throw it in there anyway because yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, and how big it is. But we'll start with the other one first. If you can make an uh, amalgam universe combining another universe with the DCU besides Marvel, because that's the obvious, you know, one that everyone would do. Uh, what would that be? Um, I feel like there's a couple of really, like, ones that sound interesting, but they've kind of been done a bunch of times anyway. Like, you know, it's easy to say, ah, Alien, Predator, and stuff like that, because they've, they've yeah. kind of done that in the past, in, in small crossovers yeah. and, and whatnot. Um, I've always been an avid supporter of adding the Turtles to the DCU, but again, that's not really a whole universe. So, um... I mean, it can be. If you start adding all those toy characters... Sure. You know? You I, know? I feel like there's some more interesting directions to go on with this, though. I, I just have... I feel like outside of DC and Marvel, there's not really a big connected universe, right? Everything's kind of segmented. Like, look at Image, uh, and even Dark Horse. Like, Dark Horse has its Hellboy section, and then its well, licensed section. I mean, yeah, thinking of connected universes in comic books, sure. But I, I mean, I think if you've got like a TV show or something, or even just a movie franchise, but it feels like it's big enough to like say, okay, we're going to integrate that into the the DC. I mean, my, mine's easy. If I could, if I could have a story, I'd want Booster Gold and Back to the Future. <laughs> like him, him trying to fix things while Marty's trying to do things. I think you know, there's an episode of of Community where you, if you look in the back, Abed's doing crazy things, and it tells a story throughout. I'd like that, but with Booster Gold in the background, you know, or vice mm. versa. You see the ongoings of what's going on in 1955. Hill Valley, and boosters over there causing chaos. I think that would be cool. But that's really not amalgam. I mean, when he talks about amalgam, he's talking about where you 
where you smash two two worlds together to make one. Um, and it's kind of hard. That's why DC and Marvel's kind of perfect for it. I mean, Marvel's doing it to themselves right now, where they have those one shots where like you have Thor and, and Iron Man mixed up, and it's the Iron Hammer. And um, I think it's Soldier Supreme, where it's Captain America and, and Doctor Strange. So hmm. it's it's quite it's quite weird, but yeah. I think I think when it comes to smashing entire worlds together, I think you you're looking at something that has a lot more mythology in it, or at least a lot more world building. So, like, I think maybe an easy option would be to take something that's set in the future and sort of slap that into DC and say, no, that's the future in DC. That, you know, so, um, you know, I joked about Alien, Terminator. but that could be one. Oh, sure, Terminator. <laughs> yeah, the, the entire apocalypse happens. Terminator and Commandy. And Commandy. <laughs> Um, or is there something like I don't know, like is Mass Effect the future of the DC universe? Like, is that you know where humanity is in the DCU? Um, come a time, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, because I wouldn't want to like mix anything that has like uh, like you know, like like as easy it would be for me to pick like something like Resident Evil. But I don't really want to mix zombies into the the DCU in that way. I don't want to mix stars and Umbrella Corporation. Um, it doesn't really fit, I don't think. No, yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't read most of the crossovers. Like, you know, like I like turtles. I love, I love turtles. Yeah. No, no real interest in reading the crossover that much because just doesn't appeal to me that much. The the, the crossover ones, they're, they're very much the, the you know, the the uh, the okay, you've got these toys as a kid. Let's just you know, and you just you know, kind of play with them all. It's just that, but you know, someone went, oh, let's just write a story about that, and it just. I don't know. Uh, I mean, even though they can't really do that much of that, we would kind of, you know, still keep them in their relative groups. Hmm. Tell you what, the uh, the head television show Buffer the Vampire Slayer could probably integrate nicely with DC. Um, just add it to the 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 darker horror section of the, of the world. Don't you dare ruin my magic side of DC. Keep, like keep, that. keep it. You know, get, get rid of Justice League Dark. Replace it with the Scooby Gang. Um. <sighs> I'll have the Watchers and the, the, the Slayer lineage in there. Um, I don't see why you couldn't add a Slayer and Watcher to Justice League Dark, but yeah, we'll leave the rest of them alone. <laughs> I am not seeing a couple of them can't stay. I I, I, th- I think Man Bat and Swampy uh, hanging out with the Scooby gang would be a hoot. Um, but, you know. Hey, you've got witches already. Why not have Zatanna? Sure, Zatanna. I'm just saying Constantine's not allowed. He can go away. He's, I would, he, I would he is like magic Spike. I Spike would, is I, better, so Constantine can go away. I mean, Giles was kind of Constantine-esque as Ripper, wasn't he? Yeah, kind of. I, I, I suppose it's a stretch, yeah. I, I would just love to see Lauren interact with with Manbat. Because uh, I, I know a vampire exists, but like yeah. DC doesn't really have their blade, really. So some no. someone like Angel would be kind of an interesting addition to like the just the heroes going around. Is it we've got this sort mm-hmm. of dark Avenger who can't go out in the daylight, who's you know fighting for atonement? Like yeah, that could be an interesting mix into what's going on. Yeah, but then I laugh because that's always been Marvel. You know, you had Werewolf by Night and then Blade and Morbius the Living Vampire. You know, and still DC always kind of missed out on that kind mm-hmm. of crazy seventies seventies ish thing. I feel I feel like Angel and Batman seen together could lead to some uh, interesting moping uh, and brooding 
We can see how, who outbroods each other. Um, plus, and plus, vampires may have a sense of humor about Batman. The idea that he's become a bat, which is typically seen as the, the animal associated right. with vampires. Uh, th there could be uh, some some thematic gold to mine from that. Oh my God, you do some retconning, you have Harley Quinn interacting with Darla. Oh yeah, there you go. Or Drusilla even. Drusilla, yeah. you know, with her dolls and mm -hmm. crazy kooky English accent. There you go. That's an idea. Um, and then you got Wesley going around as a rogue demon hunter. What's a rogue demon? <laughs> Very good, Matt. Very good. <laughs> um, I told you, I loved Angel. And then they became puppets and I stopped watching because I was like, this is not the show. And then I showed us Hung On. But I didn't. Season five is so. great. Yeah, that's mad. That's mad talk to me. Just wait. Just wait yeah, till no. you get to the puppets in Legends. <laughs> I'll get there. Uh, yeah, yeah, but see, high school me uh, had less tolerance, weirdly, than than me now. Like I'll hang on and, and check things out more. Also, so. another argument for uh, integrating Buffy actually that I'm thinking about it is DC don't really have much in the way of high school stuff. You know, because Spider-Man and Marvel's always been their high school level. Yeah. At least it was. You know, obviously it's maybe changed as he's grown, but um, it would be interesting to have that 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 being there for the the younger section that isn't like the Teen Titans. Yeah. So I don't know. There you go. That's my pick. Carter's miserable right now because I'm talking about Buffy. I'm just bored of you talking about Buffy. I'm miserable. Oh, I'm just bored. bored of it. I'm bored. All right, the most serious question he asked, he wanted us to ignore, but I think it's too interesting. Why do you guys love Superman? I mean, we we spoke about this a lot on Action 1000, though, didn't we? Mm -hmm. Did we? Yeah. A little bit. That was like a year and a half ago. I can't remember these things. I, I can't remember that we talked about that. There Come was a now. huge extended conversation that went for like 40 minutes on this topic. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Well, I mean, summarize. <laughs> oh, he's the he's the idea of what it means to to try and to have hope and to not give up. Wait, I just described John Cena, didn't I? <laughs> Son of a bitch. Um, but no, it's he's he's what you aspire to be. It's it's what was you know, I think it was Morrison in the intro to to um, All Star. You know, kind of from also Superman the movie. You'll you'll go and be the example that humans can be. He's that potential. So, no. And just cool as shit. You know, he's kind of dorky. Uh, doesn't need to be. Uh, I mean, I, I, right. I'm pretty much on this. The first thing you said about uh, is the epitome of trying and hoping. And just mm -hmm. try to be the best that you can be. And not mm -hmm. giving that up no matter what anyone does. Um, yeah. And no, no matter how jaded everyone is, and, else around you is. So. And that, that's why I, I hate certain takes where he's dark and brooding because that's not really Superman. No, you know? no, it's not. Even, even, even in Kingdom Come, which is a more dark and brooding, he's still just kind of like he's doing his thing. He's but, jaded, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but he hasn't given up. I mean, sure, he's gone and become like a farmer, but he's still just keeping, keeping an ear out for things. He's still aware of what's going on. You know, and, and he eventually gets back in there. And it's, it's why I also love the Legion so much, because they're they are a team that were inspired by his tenants um, of, of that, of trying to be better, make the world better for the next generation. So and that, that's why anytime like Dark Superman comes up, I just, it's like a bad read of the character to me. I mean, yeah, you can do it, 
but it's not as interesting. Me, me and Pew spoke about this. I think it was on the boys actually, where it's fine in comics when it's not you know the mainline comic. It's out of yeah. else worlds. It's well, out of continuity. You, you can like, explore that there. Because yeah. we, we've got lots of Superman. Superman's still ongoing alongside this. So, you, I mean, mm-hmm. do you don't feel like you're missing out, really? So, uh, I consider, like, one of the like the biggest Superman fan that writes comics is Mark Wade, right? He did a whole series, I forget what company, called Irredeemable. Where it was like, what if Superman just finally had enough and took over? You know? And it, it allowed him to play with this trope of... Was- yeah, was uh, was irredeemable down on the that was the the digital one on his website that he created. Yeah, I yeah, I got the first trade for five bucks on Free Comic Book Day like years ago, and it's really good. And it spun off into like the the kind of Lex Luthor character ends up becoming the hero because they end up having a polar switch, right? Where when your greatest enemy becomes the world's greatest enemy, that means you become the world's greatest hero. And I forget what that one... I think that one was called Incorruptible. You know, mm-hmm. and it was about his journey uh, moving opposite. And you can do it, but when you're taking Superman and you're making them the Stark thing because it somehow makes it more relatable to the average person, I, I will fight against that argument. That that just tells me you're not a relatable person if you can't relate to Superman. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, I should say Superman. I should say Clark Kent. Yeah. Oh, well, my thing is always, you know, Superman's a character who, who's insecure that he's different from everyone else and that he doesn't belong. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. if you don't find that relatable, then you're basically not a human being. Yep. So, <laughs> go away. Like, yeah. relatability is not based on physicality, not always, and certainly not with yeah. Superman. And there's there's that speech in Kill Bill, and I always disagreed with it about how how Clark Kent's the mask. Yeah, do you know what? I I, could, I don't I don't know where I complained about this this speech. Yeah. And someone actually made it work for me. And it's not, it's not yeah. so much that the speech was right, that the point of the scene is that Bill misunderstands Superman because he's the villain. And I'm like, yeah. you know what? Okay, I'm not mad at Tarantino anymore. That actually yeah. makes sense. <laughs> but I'm saying, I've had people bring up that argument to me. And I'm just like, I disagree because it's just like Batman, right? Is is Bruce Wayne as a mask, but Batman's who he is in the cave with the cowl off to Alfred. That That's who to me Bruce Wayne really is. And to me, Clark Kent really is the, you know, the farm boy at home in Smallville, you know, where Clark Kent, yeah, it is a disguise, you know, but I do think like he is this bumbling because like Pete says, he's uncomfortable being different. And deep down, he knows he's different from everybody, even though he's trying to blend in. And that's what makes him bumble so much because he's like almost trying too hard. Um, And now people just accept that as all that's that big, goofy farm boy, Mm. you know, trying to live in the city. But when he's at home, you know, even even at the apartment in Metropolis with Lois and, and John, that, that's the real Clark Kent. And so I always say Smallville Clark Kent's the real guy. And both Superman and, you know, other Clark Kent are the the masks. But no. Next question comes from uh, Let's Talk Cold. Let's Talk Captain Cold mm-hmm. to give the full title. Um, Rebirth review questions. What has been your favorite author run so far uh, for the main line? Uh, what title has been the best? Let's say highest mean score from the beginning till now. Uh, no more than two answers per question. It's almost like he doesn't want us to go too long on this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for him, uh, it's uh, Tynan's detective run. Mm-hmm. Although Bendis' Bend- action run is creeping up there. Uh, but the best from beginning to end, he's thinking either action or Batgirl. And it's kind of what we were talking about with Batgirl last week, where... Mm-hmm. Um, it's been- 
It's been so consistent. Yeah, it's been, it's always yeah. been at least good, if not outright great. Yeah. Uh, it's not. It's never had any re- really serious dips. Whereas Wonder Woman is the one that you bring up where it was great while Rocky was on it. It was it was decent for Shatana, uh, Fontana's little. Uh, yeah, arc. but but he even brings up the Titans Detective and Business's action, so you can separate those. You know what well, I mean? No, I think so they like, were the two different questions. So the yeah. author run, you can have. Yeah. You know, Rucker's Wonder Woman, you know, Tan's Detective, right. but the overall has to include all yeah. of it, even the, you yeah. know, the good and the bad. So that's the, that's the two questions. One is, what is your favorite run uh, of, right. of, since the start of Rebirth? No one is, what has been the best consistent book essentially since the start of Rebirth overall? Yeah. Um, Bad Girl's a good answer, honestly, for consistent. Um, it really is. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it has been, despite the fact that it's on its third writer. Uh, and to be fair, the turnover's not been that bad. It's just, I mean, you know, Larson no. had 20 plus issues. They're all, they're all hefty runs. Like, if you picked up the trades, there's multiple trades for each. Well, I'm sure uh, Castellucci will get yeah multiple trades. I mean, Scott's Sc- um, may only be two trades, but I mean, it's still it's not. Right. Um, yeah, two trades is all right. I mean, it's not it's amazing. It's a year on the book. Yeah. yeah. Um, I really liked Percy's Green Arrow. It was really pulpy at times and really silly, but that's why I loved it. Um, I like that, that, that. Yeah, I like Green Arrow a lot. Um. I guess we're just on the runs right now. We're not talking about begin to end. Um, mm-hmm. If we're not on runs, Rucker's Wonder Woman, but it definitely that's, that's my top yeah. choice. Yeah, you got Rucker's Wonder Woman. You got Tan's Detective. Yeah, um, you know, and it's not there yet. But I mean, I think Wilson's Wonder Woman as well uh, mm-hmm. could could be up there. Um, yeah, I'll, it's 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 one of those. Where I don't feel like there's enough yet to compare it to yeah. those runs, even yeah. though it is been very good. I'll I'll say Abnett's Aquaman. It started off in a rough patch, but it eventually found itself and found it more enjoyable. I was definitely a lot more positive in that the more it went on than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it was after like issue like twenty five, or I think that it really picked up. No, because you you had the the Aquamarine stuff. Yeah, I like that stuff too. That was alright. So it's about seventeen. Yeah. So and it was double shipping, so it wasn't that much of a. In terms of time, it wasn't that bad. But I mean, you know, sixteen issues out of fifty yeah. is a I mean, good percentage. You look at that compared to Taylor's Batman run, and I would I would say it's far more consistent. You mean Kings? We haven't had a Taylor sorry. Batman run. Yeah, yet. I no, love a Taylor yeah. Batman run. I got to the Tom, and I, I just I, 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 I just assumed <clears throat> you were that excited by the Batman annual that Taylor did that you're yeah. like that's the best. Yeah, no, that's no. the best run. It's it's because I said Tom in my brain and my, it went straight to Taylor because he's the preemptive comics Tom now. Well. I think the more interesting question, because we thought about what most of the good runs are all the time, but I think the yeah. interesting question here is what's been, you know, the best, be- you know, from Rebirth that month until yeah. now, consistently, or overall. Does it have to have been yeah. one that was running since then? Because obviously, you, you know, there's been books that have started significantly later that, um, like, for example... Uh, Hawkman has been extremely consistent and just yeah. got better and better, but it's only on, like, yeah, issue what 14 maybe 14 yeah i would count that because that's an entire run well no but we're talking we're talking about like we're off runs now we're not talking about runs we're talking about uh most been good consistently more or less since the start of rebirth so i I wouldn't count that because i feel like for the purpose of this question it's 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 not very comparable to you know 100 or close to 100 issues of some of these other books that's that's the problem yeah so I mean, I think Batgirls were a good pick. Action, which mentioned, um, obviously dipped down a bit more, but I have enjoyed it pretty much yeah. since the start. Yeah. So 
It's not, I, it's not a bad I was one. enjoying Nightwing until the stupid Rick Grayson <laughs> stuff. And that, I would have thrown Nightwing. Do you know the sad part yeah. is, is? Can we talk about Orlando's thing on Twitter um, about that? Well, hold, on like... a hold on a second. I, 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 I would um, uh, have said Flash, but this last arc has been such a damper on the whole run that um, I don't think I can. I don't that, think I can include Flash in that good sense of start. That, that said, you take. You take eight issues out of what are we on seventy five? Yeah, so it's still pretty good because I'm I'm gonna count that shade stuff. I wasn't a fan of that shade stuff, um, so I'm gonna remove those two and then the six year one. Eight bad issues out of seventy five, I would say, qualify for a pretty, pretty good run. It's just recency biased, is we've been we felt so burned from year one. That, that, that's definitely been the worst part, but I've felt some up and downs from relatively early on actually uh, yeah. uh you know I've, I've always been on the record with those so i wouldn't yeah. i don't think it's been consistent enough for me to, to say that's in yeah. the best what else so... has been more or less running since the start obviously wonder woman's had the huge james robinson era dip which yeah. obviously yeah kind of qualifies it. and then detective post tynan pre tomasi was kind of a mess it's just it wasn't yeah. terrible it was just kind of a slow well, i liked um Oh, the Outsiders arc that that set up arc. Yeah, but the right, uh, yeah. Two Face story after it was, yeah, eek. Yeah. yeah, um, and then Superman. He had some of those Tomasi issues, which were some of the best I've ever read. And then, and then some of the worst issues, Flash. also yeah. Tomasi. Right, but yeah. then Bendis took over, so it's been really, you know, it's been pretty good since. I mean, Aquaman's not a bad shot in terms of overall, because yeah. I, I think the first 16 are I probably like them more than some of the back like I like all of those more than I do a year one of the flash I can comfortably say that oh sure yeah. even if I don't love them I think they're, they're okay would, yeah uh, so, but then you that, all of Abner and then you got Kelly Sue you know and see and I, I would throw uh, Green Arrow in there too with the Bensons and Scott uh, Margaret Scott had that I think it was like a two issue yeah, uh, yeah. The weird thing about Grado though is because it's been over for a little while now because they cancelled it. Is yeah. uh, it has this feeling of oh, oh it died, so <laughs> like it's not yeah. it's not there anymore. Um, actually, yeah. Joe, Joe, I've mostly really liked since the start of rebirth. Mm -hmm. Um, to varying degrees, of Supergirl. Um, obviously, yeah. I, I love the current Draco stuff, and I really love when Jodie Hauser was co-writing on the book. Um, and I most I mostly enjoyed the stuff before that. Uh, to be fair, but that was um, Orlando. That was Orlando, yeah. Um, what we had. Well, the thing? There, the... there technically wasn't that many books because so many of them were double shipping back at the start of Rebirth. Right. Yeah, that's true. I think Batgirl is probably the best answer uh, overall for overall yeah. consistency. Um, I I had stopped reading it, but Howlin' Pals. That one was really consistent that's, too. That yeah, that's actually a good show. I think it had a, a few up and down arcs at the start. Mm -hmm. Uh. But and Green Lanterns, that. I miss reading Green Lantern. I'm Green so Lanterns. mad at Morrison. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I miss Green Lanterns. Like, I miss that corner because those are both consistent. Yeah, Joe. Joe, it's funny actually. Is uh, Justice League's in this weird? I mean, I, I don't love the current Justice League anyway. But even if I did, that first Before. like thirty or forty issues, whatever it was, just completely. Yeah, kills all it. of the hitch stuff yeah. was was like not great. The you had the the priest stuff, which I think was not amazing, but it was all right. It felt um, like it had potential when it started, but it got really kind of murky. Uh, it did, yeah. It lost it itself a bit at the end. Um, Deathstroke. I mean, we, I stopped reading that a while ago. Oh, but I, I think that's an incredibly it, consistent book. 
Yeah. Yeah. As worth mentioning, as worth mentioning, we all stop reading that eventually. Yeah. Yeah. To be but fair, I, I went quality... further than you guys did. Uh, just yeah, every so often, I've been quality... It was, oh, I'm eating, you know, more books, and that one can be cut, you know? Um, I, I still but, yeah. think Deathstroke, like, that's still, there was nothing wrong with that run. It was more just, no. uh, hey, this is going to read amazingly as 100 issues yeah. or whatever it's going to be, you know, when it's yeah. done. Because um, I, I still think it, it it will probably go down as one of the best Deathstroke runs ever written. Yeah. Uh, with sure. fair reason. I think it'll be, it's so consistent from where, because I read oh. up to... I got past the. Uh, um, yeah, Deathstroke versus Batman, and I got. Yeah, I did there. the arc after that as well, where he was locked in Arkham Asylum. That was real good. Um, so I got, I got a little bit further than that, uh, and it was still very consistent. Hmm. Uh, it just became so difficult to follow month to month. Yeah. Um, it, it did. Yeah. When I, when I was catching up, when I wanted to catch up, whenever you know it was like fifteen issues in or whatever it was when I was doing that. I enjoyed catching up on it because I was reading it all back to back. Once I got to month to month, it was like, oh, jeez. I think it read uh, really well double shipping. Sure. Um, and monthly was just a bit too much. I think it's going to make a couple of real nice omnibuses, omnibuy. I don't know. Uh, and I'm looking forward to, to kind of reading it all when it's done. Sure. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll move on to our question here. Um, we have uh, from at Benny Wilson ninety three. What book would you have preferred Bendis go on from day one? There's a few questions here. That's that's number one. There's three questions here, so we'll just tackle that one one at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm happy with him on Superman. To be honest, I have no Me complaints. Oh, oh, Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> uh, I, I'm happy with him on Superman, just not Superman and action. Uh, you know, one of them I was happy for him to have. I would have liked to have been left with an option to read the other one. I mean, I guess, I guess the question really is: is there, is there any other book we would have liked him to be on from from day one? Yeah. The fact yeah. is, he's on Young Justice, he's on Superman in action, and he's he's doing Legion very soon. <laughs> Suck it, Connor. Um, so, I don't know what else I would have wanted him to be on. I, I guess Green Arrow. Okay, there you go. That's that, that was my bet when he came in, and then so when Green Arrow shows up in Event Leviathan, I got pretty excited. So it's, I kind of still get what I want. I think the same idea with Nightwing, something street level. No. You know, I could have seen a Nightwing. God damn yeah, it! But then you interrupted just... my potential Nightwing news, you prick. Uh, oh, go on now. You can, you can bring it in now. You should have put that up before I got the new question. Well, you interrupted me when I started. You were like, "Oh, hang on, this person." Oh, boys, the... boys, boys. We we're in the middle of a thought. Come on, what's your what's your story? Yeah. So uh, Orlando was actually uh, tweeting um, that he was maybe working on something uh nightwing related which i thought was interesting and it he was talked about how he was he when he was you know like 14 or whatever he pitched a uh a nightmaster story with dick um no well it was it was just with a you know with a with an artist he pitched a story with an artist when he was like 14 that you know they never picked it up and he said now though he is getting to work on uh something with with that artist uh, uh and you know it, it was um doing dick grayson i think you said dick grayson not rick grayson mm-hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna find the tweet real quickly and um and see, see what the... when he talks about nightmaster he's talking about like the the sword that detective chimp will wield right? yeah yeah he's like... talking about jim rook yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and so it'd be him and dick grayson so, because uh, when I was 14, I created a Nightmaster pitch for DC Comics with Tom Lyle. Now, 20 years later, Tom and I are finally getting collab- to collaborate 
uh, on someone a bit more ho- high profile, although I still love Jim Rook. And then, you know, the, the image is a, uh, is a Nightwing drawing. Yeah. Uh, so, um, there's no, it, it, he's definitely working on a Nightwing book. He, yeah, someone asked him, oh, is that confirmation that Dick will be back as Nightwing? And he said, it is not a confirmation because not, obviously not every book is, you know, in the main continuity. Yeah, but, that'd, uh, that'd be my right. first assumption is it's just not in continuity. It's possible, sad. yeah. Um, but, I, you know, obviously there was no actual book announced, but uh, it was interesting. So I read that as if it was a Nightwing story featuring Nightmaster. That's why it was hyphenated, because the way that he had Nightmaster written. No, mm-hmm. no, I think he's working. Oh. You know, the the collaboration is with uh, Tom Lyle, who obviously yeah. has known a long time. Right. Well. Yeah. Barry, what else would you like Bendis to have been writing from day one? No, this might. Nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I I really have no opinion. What 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 do I dislike? <laughs> uh, I know we are both good picks. Um, I would have been opposed to something like um, like hey, that this was around the time that Green Lantern was there. If he, if he'd gotten a Jessica Cruz book, I'd have been yeah all over that. Uh, it seems like it's exactly the sort of character that he can make pop. So um, yeah, something like that. Um, next question from him: uh, What creator would you swipe from Marvel for DC if you could? Okay, Matt's is going to be really quick and easy. So go on. Al Ewing. Oh, it wasn't what I was expecting. No, it's Jason Aaron. Come on. Uh, Al Ewing's a great answer. Immortal Hulk's fantastic. um, Actually, although my first pick might actually be uh, Kelly Thompson. Yeah, yeah. that'll be up there. I really like her stuff. um, And I can't say Tom Taylor because Tom Taylor is doing a bit of both. So we're not really swiping him. He's doing a bit of both. He's he's doing a lot more at Marvel, though. Hopefully that changes. Yeah. Well, the Marvel, Marvel books are good right now. Uh, Donny Cates. I'd, I'd take a Donny Cates book. See what he's got over in, over in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see whatever the, uh, the DC equivalent to Venom is. He can write that. <laughs> Someone's um, bitter. Well, I better about it. I don't mind. I don't care. Yeah, okay. You can read Venom for as much as you want. I don't care about Venom. Um, anyways, and then the last question here is for a really big question, uh, if needed, and it is needed because there's like no books this week. Uh, how would you fix Wally and Dick? <laughs> to step I don't one, it's the biggest question as he thinks. Yeah, step oh. one, fire Dan Diddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, how would you fix it? Dick gets his memories back and goes, "Hey, I'm going to be Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Problem solved." Yes, I mean, I, I guess, I guess it's yeah. I mean, I don't really have much of a story pitch as for how it should happen because I, I, I don't, I never wanted the story to go this path in the first place. So I want them to just do it as quickly as cleanly as they possibly can and just get past I, it. I say cancel Nightwing, leave the book dead for three three months or so, and then just bring it back and go, "Hey, Dick just got his memories back. Mm-hmm. Night, Nightwing's just back." I'm fine with that. That's all I need. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Wally is, you know that that Lobdell book that's coming up. Yeah, yeah. Cancel that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's that's your first step. Yeah. Cancel you that. You're doing the Speed Force. Speed Force because it's the Speed Force. You don't have to explain shit. It it you know the time flow change. 
Heroes in Crisis never happens. Yeah, we, we, we need to put that out of continuity. That's step yeah. number one. Heroes in Crisis yeah. never happened. Hey, hey, Snyder's messing with hyper time. Let's just screw yeah. shit up. Yeah. And um, some crisis shenanigans to fix things with Wally, but that's 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 basically about it. I'm at the point where I think I'd rather Wally just died in a crisis. It actually died, right? And and just went out a hero than, than doing any of this shit. Don't give him ideas. Yeah, I don't like the sound of any of this. Nope. Um, all right, from at the correct GM, what DC or sorry, what three DC characters would you have dinner with? So I'm not going to see Guy Gardner. I'm going to call that right now. No way. No. You didn't him to get into a fight. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd want a fight at dinner, Matt. No, no, not at dinner. Dinner's sacred, man. All right, all right. Dinner okay. and breakfast. Okay. There's um, no good DC chefs. Who's cooking me dinner? Uh, Ferdinand. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay, sure. You got one. <laughs> yeah, you got Ferdinand to cook dinner. Um, I don't know. I mean, Batman's just going to be broody the whole time, so there's no point in having him there. No point in having him there. I feel like you want some people who are a bit more lively. Yeah, Starfire. See so, I'm inviting Starfire for sure. Starfire's yeah, I think the Titans in general are the sort of people you're looking at for, for a more lively time. Not Beast Boy, because I don't trust him not to mess with the food. Mm-hmm. You gotta eat your steak and it's green. You're like, uh, Garth, get off my plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Gar. Um, um, I feel... Uh, well, Detective Chimp would be an interesting uh, conversation <laughs> star. It depends. How drunk is he? Yeah, he's not going to eat. He's just going to drink. Fine, more food for everyone else. He just he has his liquid diet. It's fine. Um, someone, oh, man, Starfire. And then I'd probably say Lois and Clark. Just because I think they'd be fun dinner guests. Yeah. I, I'm trying really hard just to pick three ladies that I would really want to have dinner yeah, with. Yeah, that's, that's what I was, you know... <laughs> I don't want to say, you know, Starfire, Lois, and Supergirl. Yeah. Right? It's so easy. It's so easy to be like, uh, I'll take Barbara Garden, I'll take Jessica yeah. Cruz, and I'll take... Uh, but see, I'd also want to say Dick Grayson, because I, I think I would get along great, and same with Wally West, but not in their current incarnations. I want nothing to do with them. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like those, they're those friends of yours that have changed, and you're like, you're not even the same anymore, man. Yes. <laughs> yes, you want Dick for dinner, you don't want Rick for dinner. Yeah. Well, I'll just let that sit there. I'll just let that sit there, yes. There you go. I don't know. There wasn't really a proper answer there, but I think the thought process made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Final final question in this one. I don't like this one very much. This is going to maybe cause a fight. Uh, from at YNWA, Jason Todd, Rick Grayson... And the DCEU Lex Luthor, that's your Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor for those uh, who didn't quite catch what that was. Uh, if you had to all choose and mutually agree upon, be a consensus at the end of this, which of the characters is each of us? Well, I know who we're voting Connor. It's easy. <laughs> hey, He's you're the top. one with the red hat on. Yeah. And... Yeah. So, so what? What actually makes me Jason Todd? No, defend this rather than nobody just likes say that. you. 
That's a, that's a solid <laughs> argument. No likes any of these. That's a solid argument. I want to say it before Pete did, Connor. No, but people like me and Matt, so... He's, but nobody likes any of these characters, so it doesn't... That, that can't be a reason. That's, yeah, but at least with, like, Rick, um, there's the potential to be liked when he's fixed. There's a good person in uh, there somewhere. Because uh, then it's Dick again, it's not Rick. So, this is specifically Rick Grayson. The whole point of this question is it's three people that nobody likes. So you can't use well, here's, that. Here's the problem, though. As I look at all three of these names, and all three of them are saying Connor at me. All three of them. Uh-huh. Right? You know, I, I'm, I'm looking, at, looking at Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I'm seeing kind of, like, you know, a, a non-ginger version of your hair. Uh, I can also imagine you giving people a jar of piss. So that seems like something you'd do. Um, I have never given anyone a jar of piss. I'm looking at Rick Grayson. I'm seeing this wannabe edgy dick bag, and I'm like, yeah, that sounds like Connor. <laughs> um, and then Jason Todd, I'm like, yeah, everyone's like he should have died and stayed dead. And I'm like, yeah, I've I've thought had that thought about Connor multiple times. Can we I'll just go back to those? Connor going I never once gave anybody a jar of piss? I'll give you some of those. As if that was an actual defense to the accusation. <laughs> <laughs> The, the bit I want to go back to is, want to be edgy? Come on. I, I haven't like, got the effort to even try and be edgy. argument wouldn't hold up in court. <laughs> Listen here, Your Honor. I have never once given anybody a jar of piss. <laughs> so it could not have been me. All right. Oh, oh, no, for, okay, for Rick Grayson, though, he doesn't want to be a hero. He doesn't care. He wants everyone to just leave him alone. That sounds like you. You don't want to be a hero. Do I go out there and help people? Oh, and you do? Yeah, I think that's more Pete. He just wants to be like, leave me alone. Let I mean, me watch my movies and read my comics and play my video games. I know, but, but by this logic, it means Matt's the one giving out the jars of piss and having... Ah. I suppose... You've, uh, you've never been in, co- in uh, traffic with me. For, if I could give out jars of piss to bad drivers, I would. For, from a logical point of view, I suppose you could argue that Lex from the, the movie thinks that he's a mastermind, but he's actually very incompetent. And that, I mean... I find Matt is someone who thinks he could be a mastermind, but probably would completely f it up. Upon oh, I trying. Up in two seconds. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So did we just agree that Connor's Jason Todd, I'm Rick Grayson, and Matt? But yeah, but only only by me. process of elimination. DC. Well, how else are we going to do it? How else do we do this? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just, we we get, we got reasons for, for you. I just have a reason for Matt. I feel like I feel like we could we could interchange mine and Pete's to to, to Rick Grayson, and I could see see Pete as a Eisenberg Lex type setting up a whole plan because of Martha. I, I could give her a jar of piss, knowing what I'm doing and thinking it was very ironic. I could do that. See, n- none of them have terrible puns or. Or constantly reference Buffy, so who's the mo- who? Which one of them is most likely to to do stupid references all the time? Eisenberg's Lex. Yeah, probably is. What we're talking about comes from something that he tells her. Of you can't pass off a jar. That's true. The, the jar to self reference. Yes, the right? jar person itself is a reference and something of a an ironic moment before her death. Yeah, I stand by all three of them. Feel more like Connor than any anything else, but. Um, so the consensus is Jason Todd is Connor Rick Grayson is Connor and DCEU Lex is also Connor I mean the the sheer fact that I can just veto all of that means it's not consensus yeah two or three 
Boom, we're done. They had to be unanimous. That was in the tweet. It said consensus. That's a bit consensus. It yeah. said all of us had to agree. Yeah. Aye, but I mean, <laughs> when you read between the lines, it's like there's the important no. people on the show who have to agree, and then there's the 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 B player. <laughs> Sorry, who 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 read no books this week? Well, yeah, because there was no good books out to read. <laughs> There was so, one good book, two good books, really. So, so, but by definition, you you cannot be the essential person if you didn't even contribute any books. Only on this, but I'm not, I'm talking about 165 episodes of history here. I'm talking about tenure. I'm talking about the dedication and the passion over 165 weeks of unmatched content production. You little ginger pleb. I think I ate too much at breakfast. Now I'm tired. <laughs> did you have a good breakfast? I did. Oh. Hey, I did thought. Did you go to Taco Bell? No, no Taco Bell for breakfast. Went to Black Bear. What did Black Bear serve? Got got a. It's a traditional breakfast place. So I got mm. a. I got an omelet with hash browns. I got a biscuit with gravy and the two pancakes. It's pretty delicious. Yeah, that's a lot for breakfast. Though. Yeah. Although that's probably all I'm going to eat today. I might eat before I go to my show tonight. But I, I just want to point out, I had four donuts right before we started this. Oh, of course you've Yeah, buddy. I, I traditionally um, don't have big breakfasts. For some reason, it's just not what I do. But... Well, you don't like eggs. Eggs are a big part of breakfast. That's true. I hate eggs. That's disgusting. Yeah. Eggs are amazing. I'm not part of it. Uh-huh. Um, all right, so did we agree that Carlos Jason, I'm reckoning that's... Lex Luthor. It's fine by me. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's hey. it. If I'm Jason, I get a crowbar. Well, hey, we got to that conclusion a while ago, and Connor had to sit there and be like, ooh. No, no, no. Because then you decided that wasn't the conclusion. I mean, I'm just saying, I mean, that's the unanimous conclusion, but secretly I'm like, no, I'll see your Connor. And that's my mm-hmm. story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh huh. That's my story. All right. Um,. I really want a donut now, you know that, you prick. Do you know Good. what? Do you know what? I can go up to the store while you're talking about the next book because I'm not reading any of the books. <laughs> I'm going to go buy a donut. <laughs> you will not be back in town. For what? Well, something will go wrong. And, and you know, do you know what the worst place? I know you hate it if you can't even see the, the, the fact that the, the recording light's on for more than like 30 seconds. You, you, get, you get edgy. There is no way you could leave the house while this was recording, and you'd be like, nope, it'll go to shit. You know what, just for that, I'm going to go buy a donut. See, when you're talking about books, I'm going to go buy a donut, and I'm going to come back and eat the donut on camera. I will, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. The the store's just up the road, I can go do it. It'll be like five minutes. Alright. We're doing it, alright. So, I guess we're done with questions, and we can can move on with our lives into books that I did not read. All right, well, Matt is going to start us off with The oh. Batman Who Laughs, number seven. Uh, written by Scott Snyder, art by Jock. Um, so I'm going to go get some some uh, right. baked goods uh, <laughs> and some cat food, which I also need to get. So take it away, Matt. Yep, all right. So I'm so happy this is over because now we're done. All right, now I can't hear us. So that's the show, guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> This was a, he's made a terrible mistake, hasn't he? He just did. Um, <laughs> talking he's about back. Batman who laughs. 
So in this issue, huh? No. Oh, um, we good. No, I know, I know. That's why you know, making it clear no, for that. You done messed up, Aaron. <laughs> um, so Connor, why don't we get through these in five minutes? And then when he gets back, we'll be like. So basically, Batman who laughs. Um, we'll, we'll cut to the last book when he gets back and just. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. So, Batman who laughs. Um, it seemed like the Joker toxin was taking over by the end, and for whatever reason, our Bruce's system is fighting it, um, even though he, you know, seemed like he was turning. It was all a ploy. Because Batman, I assume. Right. Well, it's not just because Batman, but the, they do put something in there later with Alfred, um, and that uh, basically. Batman who laughs to build up our Bruce so much that he's the worst Batman because he's the Batman that doesn't accomplish anything. But our Bruce ends up taking that as, well, no, I'm I'm the one that has the most difficult journey because I don't give in to that type of stuff. And so um, what he was going to do is he needs uh, his blood to, to set off the, the grand toxin. And <laughs> there he goes putting the shoes on. <laughs> and... I can't wait till he gets back and discovers that we just chatted 20 minutes about Star Wars or some shit. Yeah, yeah, right? So anyways, um, while all that's going on, so he, he has the younger Bruce, and he told him to run and, and go hide, and um, Alfred shows up, shoots the Batman who laughs, because, you know, our Batman hasn't fully transformed, and he finds out that he needs the blood to, to set off the ultimate last laugh. That's going to change everybody. And Gotham into dark multiverse versions of themselves. While all that's going on, the, the the Punisher Batman is is fighting with Gordon and and James Jr. and he thinks that James Gordon's on his side, or James Jr. and he, he's they've doped the water with whatever this is that's going to change them, and he dunks uh, Commissioner Gordon's head under the water, and. He's like, you just need to open your mouth. Once you get into your system, that's it. And James Jr. comes up and kills the Punisher Batman. Uh, and it seems like they've gotten away, you know, unscathed. Uh, so we get back to the Batcave. Um, Joker ends up showing up. I mean, I read this on Wednesday. So Joker kind of shows fine. up. It's not here. No one cares. He ends up helping, you know, Batman against Batman who laughs because... That's what he does. Like no one messes with his Batman on his watch, basically, and they end up destroying the Batman who laughs, and it looks like he's he's gone. Like Bruce picks up a tombstone and smashes him with it because uh, he's kind of half changed. And in, in the end, Joker's makes an escape, so he's out there somewhere. And Bruce and Alfred are are talking, and Bruce is like, "Oh, Joker set all this up, knowing you know that's why I didn't change." He put a, a, a deceleration agent in his blood because he knew what the Batman who last planned was to be, and he couldn't have a Batman beat him, right? Because that's what this game is. Um, and then Alfred's like, no, there's no masking agent, so we don't know why you didn't turn. you know. But hopefully the, the this is behind us. And they took the other Bruce, they, they put him back into his multiverse and kind of warned him like, hey, there's going to be a time where you want to go see a movie with your parents. Don't do it. Uh, because the whole nature of the dark multiverse is these imperfect, so, and they can be changed. 
I'll be honest. I kind of zoned out there. Don't really care about yeah. all, all that. You're fine. And this so was, this was extended to seven issues. Yeah, it didn't need as to be. A, as a lead-in yeah. to... Uh, and that's... Uh, we, and that's where it comes into is at the end you find out Gordon has been changed. So he's one of the people that Is that all it to... is? Yep. He's at the end you see his, his eyes flash like Bruce's did, you know, when he was turning. And so something, Gordon something is one of the secret six. Yep. Along with Shazam. Okay. Shazam. Yeah. So and that's where it leaves it. Um but yeah, Joker shenanigans. It's it's very Snydery. There's a lot of a lot of stuff in there, but he also does this thing where throughout the book they had he would highlight certain letters with red, right? So dumb me goes through on my break as I'm reading this and writes them all down, thinking that there's going to be a message, and there kind of is. It says at the end, uh, I, I ends up. Um, the only words I can make out is they're still ha ha. So I don't know. What that's supposed to mean? It could be still there. Yeah. Maybe if you, read it, if you read them backwards, ha ha, still there. Right. Yeah, but then the other ones, because there's five other letters. There's H R G H that seem like they mean nothing. So, but that was it. I'm I'm happy it's over. The jock art's fine, but you know, um, I just feel like Batman Who Last was a character that got way too much shine, and this would have been fine for like a like a three double size issue type story you know uh but yeah, yeah. so as i'm reading it I'm, I'm gonna give this one a 5.5 mostly for the art and the reveal at the end but i'm much more excited for the superman batman book from williamson because it seems like it has more of a mission even if it is batman superman yeah yeah i'm gonna say it the way i want <laughs> you can world's say the way you want they're not so so you you read Green Lantern. Is that what's next? Uh, I mean, we can unless you want me to go to go double. And uh, uh, no, it's fine. I'll, 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 I'll talk about Justice League Dark. No, I'll I'll do Green Lantern. Um, uh, obviously, Morris. This is an annual. Uh, right. It's uh, Morrison writing, although it is not Liam Sharp on art because, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it is an extra issue. Annual though. size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is uh, Cameron Coley on layouts and Scott on finishes, which means the art is extremely disappointing. Because yep. Cameron Coley, I actually really like as an artist, but mm -hmm. this isn't a Cameron Coley, but it's not, it's right. not there. Um, so you know, art super disappointing, uh, especially by this book standards, which has been so good. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, no, this is an extended adventure with the extended Jordan family. Every single member of the Jordan family you've ever seen, with the exception of Uncle Jack, who's dead, right, is here. Well, and Martin, right. Which one's Martin? Martin's the dad. Oh right, sure, yeah. Right, but he, like he you've got the cousins, you've got the you've got brothers, you've got yeah, yeah. There's everything. Well, because we, we saw the 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 Jordan family throughout John's run. Oh right? yeah, but they lived. You had a you had the those brother are the brothers. Yeah, you, you, you had the main brother and the wife, right? Uh, right. Yeah, so they're here, but you've got way more than that in this one. Wow. Yeah. So basically, you know, Hal wakes up in the bathtub. Everyone's knocked out except uh, except a couple of the kids. Um, uh, you've got, uh, I don't know, you've got the kids, Hal Jr., which is the oldest one. Mm -hmm. uh, you got Howie and Jason. Um, basically, they're locked in the house, kind of like there's, there's a force field keeping them in. Um, 
everything mm-hmm. outside seems fine. Um, they go out, you know, look at the back, and they're kind of in this crazy world, uh, gorgeous uh, alien planet-looking thing with a huge like light thing in the sky. Uh, it's great. Um, turns out there's basically a radio wave alien. Um, yeah, there are these beings that live in the in the radio spectrum of, of, of light. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's one there who seems like he needs help, and then others show up to come and get him. Uh, Hal Junior is uh, I think Airwave is the superhero name. Okay, uh, they're bringing that back, um, and he's got radio frequency powers i'm not sure exactly how they work he seems to be able to manipulate them a bit uh create like solid beams out of them and stuff um it's, it's fine mm-hmm. um they have a bit of a fight with some of the other things um but he kind of makes it worse because he just rushes in um uh, you know they're, they're hijacking all the phones and you know the, the microwave and everything and uh you know it, it's this whole thing and we uh, they possess the whole all, all the family who are unconscious they kind of possess and Hal has to like talk them out and it's like you know and, and by prodding at them it's like oh yeah this radio alien is trying to control you control you guys yeah kind of like your wife controls your every move Jim you should be used to it it's <laughs> like Susan maybe you set your standards too high Jim can't live up to them um and then the whole family just starts bickering at each other and it's right. like hey you know your dead husband was was you know cheating on you all the time uh you know the, you know it's all this stuff um lots of just family argument bickering um but seems to do the trick uh and then a radio uh lantern shows up uh she's cool a uh, great little design and uh you know puts the thing away in in a, in a, in a box and takes it away and a little bit of moral moral quandary here where the thing they were coming and attacking them because basically all the shit that we pump out into radio waves was affecting their space. It was you know they they consider it their territory, so they were you know right. coming and attacking back. Um, but the, uh, the the lantern's like, well, I mean, it's kind of just on the fringes. But most of us didn't even notice. Uh, but I was like, yeah, yeah, but you know the fringes, you know, on the boundaries, that's where trouble gets started. You know, if you don't pay attention to it. Um, you know, it kind of it creeps in without you noticing, um, and, and that's that. Um. Uh, you know, and they take him away and a bit of the moral bit. It turns out it was one of the other uncles, I think. Uh, yeah, Uncle, Uncle Hip, I think was what it was. Uh, Doug, uh, drugged them all. Um, he had some, you know, uh, web project. He was, I don't know, it's not clear exactly what he was going to do. Film them, put something on the net. Uh, wasn't sure exactly. Hal punches him, and uh, that's the end. Yeah. Um, so, so that's what he decided was for the uh, for, for the annual was the the radio wave. Yeah, uh, Uncle Journey. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's it's pretty Weird. enjoyable. That's um, good though. Uh, uh, when you're talking about the radio wave, uh, yeah, the new the, the new airwave uh, is yeah. uh, the the uh, they established that he's gay now. Um, okay. Al's like, oh hey, you know, you want to be a superhero, just to, you know, compress the girls, and he's like, oh, whoever said it was a girl. Right. Um, but yeah, there's a cool Ooh. bit where where they realise they're radio creatures. You know, you know they're all sound. You know, Hal pulls out a big tuning fork and tries to attack him with that. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about the radio wave, it thought made me think of this. Uh, I think he was created by Alan Moore. I'm looking it up now. He was his name's Rotlot Fam. 
and he's from a planet where there's only darkness. And so he perceives sound as light or light as sound. Right. So his, his, um, his oath was always a little bit different because it was about, you know, about instead of brightest day and darkest night, it was about, you know, uh, silence and, and loud and stuff. But yeah, it just made me think of that and how Green Lantern is primed for weird things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Morrison loves weird things. So yes, he does. Yeah, so. no, it's pretty good. Uh, art's disappointing, but I mean, it's an annual show. Sure, yeah. It's like a seven. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So now, now we come to the book that you probably should have read, but I don't, I don't blame you for not. Um, which is yeah, Justice League Dark. Here's um, the deal. I, look, I picked yeah. it in the shop, and I looked, and I saw, oh shit, go march on on art. I'm gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. And then I opened up and saw Tynan wasn't even writing it. He co co wrote the story, but yeah. you know, Rampy was doing it all, and I just went, nope, I'm out. Yeah. Well, it's also Gillen March on the art. Yeah, which, which is yeah, you know, I got three 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 pages. Which I opened. I, like, no. I opened it and it went. I was like, it's not the worst Gillen March I've seen, right? Like, I got his page and saw his uh, his detective chimp and and you know Wonder Woman in the back. I was just like, you know what? No, I, I don't want to read that. Well, so the Justice League Dark only in this for a hot second. Because there, there it opens, and there's a story of this doctor who's up in Maine. Uh, I think he's a, a botanist, and he's working. You find out, and this is the biggest problem with this one is it's big, huge walls of text to read. So it almost reads like a prose story. Oh God, yeah, 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 right. Uh, but it only does that. Through. Yeah, so but it only does this when it's it's telling the doctor story. So his name is Doctor Oleander Sorel. And he's tasked with with basically creating, you know, crossing uh, genomes of flowers to try to see what they can survive, right? So he's up in Maine, and it's uh, like it's all frozen, and you're getting little pieces of his life, um, and that's where the story starts. This is all from his journal, and then they get to the the Justice League Dark, and they're basically because magic has changed, none of the magic books matter anymore. Right, so it's basically having like an old uh, instruction manual for something that's been completely upgraded. Right, it'd be like using a using a, a, a an iPod instruction manual for a new iPhone, and so nothing's working like it should. And so as they're trying to figure all this out, the Justice League Dark, um, Constantine's like, "Well, I guess I'm officially part of the team now, uh, but I need to talk to Swamp Thing." And um, Man Bat's really excited to see Constantine. Um, and Constantine makes it clear he's really only here to uh, to deal with the Upside Down Man because he's upset about what had happened. And uh, Constantine tells Swamp Thing, which I kind of like this because it plays up on the history. He's like, hey, you don't serve the Parliament of Trees anymore, but there's a Parliament of Flowers. So don't you think you should kind of help them find a champion, right? And Swamp Thing gets a little bit upset. Says he doesn't care about this anymore. Um, but Constantine does the Jedi mind trick on him and uh, basically appeals to a sense of, of, of good. And it's like, you know what you need to do. Imagine you coming into this. Um, and so you go back to the Sorrells and you find out that Sorrell and his wife are in this deep depression 
because while they were undertaking this project, they had a kid die. And throughout the, the issue, you find out that it was, you know, they found out he was sick. There was a tumor. There wasn't anything he could really do. And they kind of grew apart after the kid died. Um, and she leaves. And so this is what you find out through these wall of text. And I mean, the art on these walls of text, uh, Gillen March does get a little bit creative because this is all about flowers and bloom and, uh, you know, finding this potential. And so a lot of these are, are bordered with flowers and they kind of snake their way around and create these fun looking borders. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you find out that after the wife leaves, there's an accident uh, on these experiment flowers that he's doing and he dies in a fire and he says the fire is so hot that he can't feel anything right so swamp thing shows up at the house and now he is the the avatar for the parliament of flowers which he's basically a, a swamp thing but he's nothing but flowers um and it's a really cool character design like it doesn't look bad um uh and so swamp thing tells him like hey like I know you think you're who you were, but that's not you anymore. Those those bones are gone. You know, you yeah. just have his memories to, to connect you to Earth. But he doesn't want to hear that. So you get back to the wife's story, and she goes to leave with this other guy who seems like a friend. And they're going to go to the beach and get her mind off of, you know, her now dead ex-husband or husband and dead son. And... Uh, they go to leave this house because it looks like time has, has gone past. And he stops them because the, the new guy, uh, Sorrel, ends up meeting Jason Woodrow, who now is seeming to be a bigger character um, and a thorn. So do you, do you remember him showing up in any other Swamp Thing? or in? Because I feel like he's showed up recently. Recently? Oh. No? All right. Maybe I'm just... Uh, but so he basically tells him, you don't understand how powerful you are. And so he, as the wife goes to leave, um, he sends what looks like a copy of their dead child to the door. And now, of course, she doesn't want to leave. But he stays in the shadows. Swamp Thing starts being like, this is, this is going to be a problem. And he ends up going to where the experiment happened and, and finding out that it wasn't an accident that that Sorrel killed himself. He basically doused himself in chemicals and allowed the fire to take him over where he ended up becoming nutrients for the flowers. Right. And in and, and doing this, I guess the parliament of flowers saw this as a sacrifice and that that's kind of the purpose of flowers, right? Is the flowers purpose is to look pretty and to draw attention, but eventually they're a reminder of all things that die Right. So that's why they're they're presented in, in times of grief and and whatnot. And so you find out that he's building these children out of flowers and sending them to her. And so now she has this little family that she kind of always wanted. Um, and and but the kids have this weird sense that they, they're not permanent. They can't stick around. So like she stops one of the kids from jumping off of the ledge. And that's when Swamp Thing tells them, like, well, no, they they have deep-seated a view. Like, because you took your life, your creation, that's what's going on forward, right? Um, but Sorrel doesn't want to listen, and this has all just been a manipulation from Woodrow. 
who ends up fighting with uh, with Swamp Thing, and he becomes full on Floronic Man. He's like made out of woods and and I was like, oh, he did get donuts. Look at that. That was um, right. Yeah, there was no donuts there. I had to make. Yeah, he couldn't open the thing quite though, could he? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> but they did have coconut snowballs, so um, oh. that's what I've got here. But so he, so because because uh, Sorrel couldn't remember, Swamp Thing ends up, you know, getting defeated by Floronic Man. But in in doing so, he passes on the the truth that Sorrel killed himself. Which you know, he he basically lets himself go, and he rescinds the the power of being the avatar for flowers. And in this really gross scene, uh, Floronic Man Jason Woodrow ends up eating his hand of of Sorrel and taking over the power. Um, and, and Swamp Thing takes the wife, you know, uh, to Constantine, and he's upset that he couldn't help, and Constantine's just like. You know, there, there'll always be a place for a monster that lives out in the swamps. Everybody knows that. So don't feel too bad. Um, but in in where Woodrow was, you see him start sprouting flowers in this really ghastly-looking scene. And um, Cersei comes to him in this new form where she's got the, the, the crown of the goddess of magic. And she's got, like, this flowing red hair and new outfit. And she has a proposition for him, um, which is going to be continued in Justice League Dark 14. Uh, which it seems like she's putting together her, her, you know, in Justice League, you know, or Doom League, yeah. whatever you want, Dark. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Swamp Thing story was real nice. It's, it's, it's good to have Swamp Thing back and be so focused. And you could tell that it was going to be a tragedy from the time that it started. Um that said, I don't know why it needed to be in an annual because there seemed to be a lot of filler in here. But I'll say that March's art wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like I saw that on the first page and I was taken aback, but much better than his Justice League work earlier in the year. Um, so um, I'm going to rate it. I'll give it a 6.5. Excellent. Did you go straight on to after Batman Who Laughs? No, we rated uh, Green Lantern too. Yeah, that's actually quite a quite quite a quick chat you had on those two of them. Yeah. The clock doesn't lie. So, <laughs> no. We mostly talked about Star Wars, though. To be to be fair. <laughs> well, the book's not that interesting, is that? Yeah, they're just really straightforward books this time. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, mm-hmm. you got Batman, Last Night on Earth, then next. That's uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Yeah, not as no. straightforward, admittedly. Oh. <laughs> no. Um, not, not bad, just not as straightforward as the no. other things we've solved. No, there's only three issues, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this will be wrapping up in the next one. Um, yeah, this is basically just old man Bruce, well, young man Bruce, with old man <laughs> Bruce's memories. Because we, we get this section here where it opens up with a memory, what looks like a memory of Bruce going and taking out Joe Chill. But Joe Chill is talking about, like, something else that he's done with another kid. Or, or no, it's something that Bruce thinks he's done. Uh, you know, right. Another kid in Crime Alley. And he's like, I don't know, it's just you, Bruce. He's, yeah, I know it's you, right. Bruce. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, oh, you know, you... And, and um, 
person, oh, what, you know, who is he? You know, in, in reference to the, the new kid in, in Kremlin, he's like, oh, you've always known. Have you, know, you ever wondered why the, why the pearls? Right. So uh, there's something. So to I to thought I was missing something. And then, and and then, then I remember going, yeah, and then it's a dream. Yeah. And him and the Joker head, which I really like the Joker head in this one, him trying to get the knock-knock joke out. Yeah, it's, it starts issue. with him and the Joker head running away from a Speed Force storm and losing a horse, which may or may not be the latest Robin. Right. Because Joker just wants to be Robin. And Bruce is like, nah, you can never be Robin. He's like, well, why not? He's like, I'd make this horse Robin before I'd make you. And then as they're going across the Speed Force planes or the speed, like the storm hits and it accelerates the, the horse to yeah. bone. It does one of two things if the if the, the speed force storm hits you. It either speeds you up until you're just dust or right. it or it rewinds you to, you know, the youngest cells possible so right. you basically don't exist. Right. So a bad proposition, but also another Snyder horse death. We we are talking about really Snyder hates horses, horses. Doesn't he? Yeah. Um, uh, I feel at this point it's just a, a nice running joke. Yeah. Uh, but you see in the the, yeah. the Speed Force Storm mm-hmm. might be some of Capullo's best work. Yeah, because it's it's all the flashes we know. So you got uh, and what's interesting too is that it's Kid Flash Wally, uh, it's it's Impulse, it's Jay yeah. Garrick, and it's Barry. Yeah, and they're so, all in there and kind of yeah. merging in and out. Their faces just coming in yeah. and out. It's a fantastic image. It's so. very. It reminded me of the creature in the thing. You can't tell where one ends and the other begins. Sure, yeah, I can see that. You know, um, <laughs> so then they decide, well, this is too dangerous to go on foot. So somehow we came across a hang glider, um, yeah. and they start hang gliding over over the um, U.S. and they come across this uh, this fort, Fort uh, Walla. Yeah, and it's got a, a, a nuclear silo where it's kind of you know. Joker tells him that this was where humanity made its last stand and is protected by a nuclear man. You see on the top of the silo, it looks like um, Captain Adam symbol. Captain Adam, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that it's powered by him. But yeah. It was basically a, a haven for all the greatest minds that wanted to fight against Luther. So you got Ivo, Holt, Kale, Savannah. Yeah. Um, but as it became this bastion for humanity, it drew the green and the red. Right, and yeah. it ended up, you know, becoming like I don't know if, if he's intimating that the scientists kind of corrupted the green and the red, but they got out of control. So now there's this constant battle between humanity and the green and the red. And when the red attacks, it's these ghastly-looking creatures. Um, yeah, he calls I them mean, animal men, but they're like little, yeah. they're, they're kind of mutated things. Yeah, they look. I mean, they look like atomic zombies, right? Like you would see in yeah, in, in like a in a horror movie. Um, but what, what's cool here is that you know the people that are fighting him are known as the unknown, unknown soldiers, and they have haunted tanks. Um, but it's basically he says the site where one parliament had been brutalized, pillaged, the other burned in the fighting, its protector left mindless and adrift. And we see these two sides just going at it, and then the skies turn red, which I thought was a fun touch right yeah it's from all you know i mean bear in mind they are using like flamethrowers at this point so it's yeah all this you know the, the smoke and dust right. burning and it's this orange glow 
And out of this glow comes a massive swamp thing. Yeah, you can see it like, you know, the Bruce in the hang glider mm. takes up a tiny percentage of this thing. Right. And Huge. they just, they move on. Well, uh, we can't deal with that. Yep. And so it is, again, it, it reminded me of Old Man Logan as, as him and, and Blind Hawkeye are going across. Yeah. Seeing what has happened to the U.S. Um, but then we get um, Alfred in Gotham and he's got Scarecrow and Bane and uh, man, Scarecrow's never been scarier to me as a needle phobe because his fingers are just basically syringes. It's like, the, kind of the Arkham design. Kind uh, of, right? He has no legs, right? Oh, like, no, no. He chopped the, the, the Omega chopped the legs away because yeah. it takes away whatever you don't need. Right, and so with Bane, he's riding Bane like it's like it's Odor and Bran, you yeah. know, and um, you know they they basically they're they're going after Alfred. Oh, Alfred like, puts up a fight with a shotgun. Yeah, but basically he says that Omega wants it wants Alfred, like you know you're not, um, what's that? He said you couldn't leave it alone, couldn't keep your head down, so he he's aware of it and. Man, Alfred puts up a fight, but Bane's a lot like Jason and just takes him straight to the chest. And Scarecrow eventually gets him with his needle fingers. Yeah. And um, then uh, that kind of paralyzes him because he's not dead yet. Yep. And then Omega right. comes in and, uh, you know, starts just talking to him. And, and Omega, we see here, is kind of like a, a Batman suit. Um, doesn't look to be much of a cape on it, admittedly, but kind of that style. Um, but mm-hmm. then with these red lines down it, um, very Darkseid esque. Yeah, and and of course you know the the Omega symbol as well, which obviously is, is again uh, Darkseidy. That's a that's a yeah. very uh, surprising and ballsy that Snyder put Kenny Omega into a Batman comic. But I mean, yeah, he did, whatever. right? Whatever, whatever wants to do. I mean, when Omega did show up, I did hear the Terminator theme in my head. So. <laughs> Let you know. Um, I've, just, I've heard you guys say Omega like five times in the last yeah. minute, and every single time Kenny Omega pops it. And it's kind of intimated that that Alfred knows exactly who this is. Um, yeah, he's like, oh, oh, how could you? You know, uh, after everything he meant to you. Um, right. So, and and there's still some guesswork later in the issue as to who this is. Is it yeah. another one of the Bruce clones? We'll get to that. Um, yeah. Obviously, Dick was one of the main suggestions, but maybe not. Yeah. So the interesting thing here is that it seems like Omega has a almost a compassion to him because, like, yeah, he's going to kill Alfred, but he gives him his heart's wish, which is he tells him that he stopped him from going to stop the Waynes from not going to, to Zorro. Yeah, he, and, he saved them all, and then right. now, now he sleeps. Which I think is interesting that Snyder also put that in the Batman Who Laughs, right, mm. at the end with, with the Bruce that they put back in the Dark Multiverse as, as a child. Um, so yeah, so Alfred sees that he sees them and they're all safe and then he crumples over and dies. Um, and then we get this, this page, it's just basically a white to blue gradient where they talk about, uh, where, where Joker's talking about the things that they saw. Yeah. Across. The Crocodile Man of Fawcett City, yeah, the Imp yeah. Death Grounds in Cartoon Mist, uh, mm-hmm. Hill Country with the Space Cavalry, uh, you know, Ship's Cage yeah. with, uni- with Universe Haas, God, God Engines, Zeta Cannons. Tamaranian, uh, you know. Thanagarian, Tamaranian, Appalachian, Kaluan. Uh, and they just all lay rotting, right? So whatever's happened is, is real bad. Uh, but then they get to the, the Plains of Solitude, and uh, Batman and, and the head of the Joker 
uh, are are climbing up what looks like the edge of the Fortress of Solitude, but there's just yeah, like these big it's spires. It's one, one of the spires, yeah. And and it looks a lot like the the Batman or Batman the Superman movie, that Kryptonian architecture, you know, yeah. where it, it's more angular and, and whatnot. The, the crisscrossing spires. Yeah, and Joker's still trying to get that knock knock joke, but but yeah. Bruce isn't going to give it to him. He's still trying to be Robin. He's like, how about now? Yep. yep. Um, and they hear this this like alarm. And Joker's like, oh, don't, you know, bombs don't make noise like that. And a rocket lands right next to him, and it looks like Clark's rocket. Yeah. Right? And then a bunch of them start landing, and Batman gets confused because he's like, well, wait a minute. This is the rocket he came to as a a baby. Um, Which meant Joker, he is like, hey, didn't I tell you that I love babies? He's just like... So creepy, yeah. Uh, but in the best way. But but then Superman comes and picks him up. It's a you know a grizzled Clark with a, with a big beard. Yeah. Yep, because uh, he get blown back at one point by one of these rockets. Yeah. And yeah, he, he carries him through, and he tells Bruce, "Says all right, you made it." And then um, that's uh, that's the end of the the part. So we're on to yeah. part six now. And he's trying to, so Bruce is trying to put this together. Why is he hiding in this, you know, crystal cavern? And basically it seems like he's walled off from whatever has happened. Yeah, um, and he takes him, he what seems like underground. Yeah, but he won't talk. And so they come from this cavern and now they're at the Kent farm in Kansas. And everything's kind of drab, you know, there's a bright blue sky behind them. Yeah, and it, it feels, you know, Bruce is like, hey, did you dig all this out? Like, it feels mm-hmm. like it's still underground. Right. And so they go there, and the person that's in the farmhouse wasn't what I was expecting. Um, no, it's a, a and, terrifyingly decrepit-looking Luther. Yeah, and he's and he's green, like sallow-skinned, you know. Yeah. Seen, but, but he's wearing a Superman shirt. Um, yeah. And you find out that this Superman is one of the Superman robots. Yep. Uh, from the fortress, and that uh, Bruce. You know, I was like, why is there so many of them? And he said, you know, these are what when he was trying to maintain the the illusion that Clark and Superman were two different people. This is one of the things we do, which I thought was a nice shout to the Silver Age. Yeah. And but they're so lifelike. And Lax is like, oh, well, because they're still organic. I mean, they're like these organic infused uh, tissue infused with Kryptonian cells. So they're not as powerful as Superman, but they're they're the next best thing. And he's so all the rockets are Luther trying to pluck. Yeah, he's basically trying to create a wormhole before the yeah. rocket lands on Earth, capture mm-hmm. the rocket and point it towards now, so that mm-hmm. then they can get a real Superman to grow up. Right, and and fight Omega basically. Yeah, but the uh, the um, problem is something always goes wrong every time. It's like okay, you know, um, it, the the when it went through the wormhole, oh, it would be like it it traveled so many light years that the baby had turned to dust. Right. You know, it would always be something that went wrong. And um, so, and this is what I thought was really interesting. We get to the part where we find out where why Luther's like this, and and it ties into what's going on in Justice League with the Doom and Justice, and that Lux and Superman made a wager. On, on which is more powerful, Justice or Doom. And as kind of to hedge the bet, uh, Luther put these Kryptonian spikes into the ground. 
Yeah. And that whatever side would end up winning, the Justice or the Doom, the person representing that side dies. Well, no, the, the loser died, right? That's what I mean. The loser yeah. dies in... Yeah, so, uh, and, and it's basically, hey, we're going to give a speech to the people, mm. and they're going to vote. And if and whichever one they choose, we're just going to end it like this. And right. he talks about how, you know, uh, you know, Clark gave, you know, the, the best speech he'd ever given, you know. Uh, Luther was like, no, I can't beat this. This speech is something else. Right. Um, so he uh, cheats. Well, well, that's the thing. He doesn't even really cheat. He just mm. kind of gives a speech. You know, he goes through the motions. And, I th- and he's expecting to die. He's like, oh, no, right. you know, the ground trembled and we both praised for what was coming. You know, the, the moment where, the sh- where he would save me from the shards with his super speed. Right. Um, but that's not what happened. So even though Luther didn't give as good a speech, the people chose right. Doom anyway. See, but the way that I, I thought it, he talked about like he had been working with Starro, right? Yeah. So like he he attached this to every mind in the world. So I feel like he knew what he was doing. But he, he was he was seen in the ground. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean. I mean, all anyone ha- the the seed in the ground with with Starro didn't seem as much as like oh yeah he was seeding it so that they would win for him. It was like oh, it, it would make it simple. Uh, Superman would make his argument for good, mine for evil, and the world would choose. All anyone would have to do was think the word justice or the word doom. Um, so it doesn't sound like he stacked it. Maybe he did a little yeah. bit. But it doesn't sound like he did. Yeah, I just always took it because the surprise on Luther's face. Where it's almost basically like Superman sacrificed himself. So yeah, no, it is a surprise on 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 yeah. Luther's face. He expected people to to, right. to choose justice after hearing Superman's speech. He was mm-hmm. like, "There's no way I can compete with that." Mm-hmm. And then people picked Doom anyway. So, I definitely read into what's going on right now with politics into that scene. It was hard not to. Yeah. Right, because you put it to the will of the people, and then this is what the people pick. You know, and so oh, basically, cool. yeah, right. And uh, and there's definitely some savior imagery with with Superman up there, um, and it, it totally you know changed Luther here. But um, this is where it started hazy. I started reading this as I was falling asleep last night, so this is where the rest of the issue gets a little bit hazy. Um, but it's going but, to turn into like Matt's dream about lying in a bed of donuts as a bear feeds him yeah, right, something. I don't know. Right. Yeah. No, um, basically, like all the Superman drones start turning on them, uh, you know, right. start attacking, and they're not entirely sure what's going on. But you know, uh, mm-hmm. Bane and Scarecrow here, and Scarecrow's basically infected the drones, right, uh, with fear toxin, uh, which is why they're you know they're attacking their own side, and uh, right. they actually get saved by Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman shows up mm-hmm. and uh, impales you know Superman, well one of the Superman drones with with the sword. Yeah. And, she, she cuts through him and then, you know, cuts off his hand and then his head. Yeah. Uh, but then the rest of them attack. Um, and then Lex basically tells him that it's important. You need to get there. Yeah, um, you, you need to go. If I stay here, they'll, you know, be attracted to me. So you guys can right. escape. So he does He does the sacrifice play. And right. uh, Diana takes them out to the east edge of the, of the, the, the Plains of Solitude. Well, you know, oh, you know, the grass feels strange, and it's all this green, and you think, oh, they're on a lot of these grassy hills, which is, you know, weird given where we know the right. fortress is. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh no, this isn't the ground, and it's like, oh shit, it's actually the specter. Um, right. It's his cloak. He 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 fell when the fight the fighting you know spread to heaven right. and hell, 
but his cloak still serves as a portal to you know limbo essentially mm -hmm. so you know they go on and they end up going on the the river of the dead but diana can navigate them because of the lasso of truth yeah and uh she's gonna get them there um, a, a lot more funny stuff with joker um yeah and as they're going down, you know, they're like, oh, I can hear the voices. And it's like trying to listen yeah. to them too much. But, you know, the, you get this fantastic double-page spread of just all yeah. the heroes. Um, you know, all, the, all the, these the, dead heroes. Right. And so you got uh, Harley Quinn. You got Stargirl, Shazam, Kyle Rayner. Um, oh, there's loads. Uh, Blue Beetles there. Blue uh, Beetle, Raven. Blue Demon, Superman, Cyborg, Guy, uh, Green Arrow, Beast Boy... Uh, man, a lot of the Green Lanterns. Yeah, 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 a lot of the Green Lanterns. Um, yeah. Adam Strange is back there. Yeah. Uh, Raven. Miracle, Booster, Question, mm -hmm. Hulk Girl, you know. Right, and, and you know, she's telling them, Bruce, you, you, you can't go in. It's like, they're almost like sirens, right? Yeah. Like, if you go but in there, then, you're not going to make it. But then he hears something. He hears Alfred. He's like, Oof. damn it, I just left Alfred. He was alive. Right. And so... Uh, they, they keep going. Um, and he wonders if it's all a mistake because he knows he's not really Batman, right? Like, this is just a, yeah. a thing. But she's like, well, no, you're definitely, you know, you're you're the one that holds the store open for all of us. You know, so it's this really inspirational moment. Uh, and then they started moving faster through the underworld. Uh, and they yeah. pop up. Um so it's outside of Washington. She lit a fire in the middle of the night um, when she thought they were asleep. Yeah, it's just, okay, Wonder Woman's doing some suspicious things, kind of. Yeah. Well, uh, to the, uh, the Joker's perspective. To the Joker. Yeah. Um, but, you know, finally it's like, oh, no, we're, we're here, you know, and, and, right. you know, and, and Bruce's like, what? No, Gotham doesn't expend anywhere near here. And yep. she's like, look. It is now. And and uh, we don't see straight away. He just goes, my God, and then it cuts to, you know, part seven. And you have just a whole page of, you know, this this isn't Gotham. No, it's definitely... It. So everything's been a wasteland of, of, like, apocalyptic, like, fiction, right? This, it starts to look the most like Blade Runner. You have yeah, these it, tall towers. You got, you know, what look like, you know, blimps and... and flying uh, drones. Aircraft yeah. and, and stuff going around. And you have the big bat omega symbol in the... In the sky. Yeah, and it's worth noting now, Omega has everyone under the control of his anti-life signal, so they are very directly tying it to Darkseid. Yep. And so they, they go to there, and... Uh, and and, she, uh, and she's like, how, how, you know, how are we going to do this? You know, this is this is crazy for a fight. And Bruce's like, hey, I got an idea. I, I want snuck onto a, a really heavily protected island for a case. You know, it was, a, it was guarded night and day. It was, it was also, it was, a, it was hidden. Hidden from perception by this divine veil, and she's like, "You, you did not sneak onto Thumbscare." It's like, "Well, I mean, we, could, we called it called Paradise that. Island at the time, but yeah, it did." Yep. So you start hearing a who, and that's where I got excited. I was like, "Oh man, yeah, we're gonna get the Court of Owls here." Because you can tell from and, the from the font and the, the yeah bubbles, from the yeah. font and whatnot, and it is the Court of Owls, but it, they feel more like the Joker's gang from Batman Beyond, right? It doesn't feel mm. like they're working in any official capacity. And so they've been uh, sentenced to death, and Bruce recognizes the voice of one of them. And yeah. uh, Diana's like, no, that's not possible. And he uh, says, listen to me, it's Bruce, is that you under there? 
and the main talent takes off his hood, and it's Dick Grayson. Yeah. Uh, and that's where it ends. It says the final battle with Omega coming next, which now Pete has me thinking it's wrestling. <laughs> so, yeah. really good issue. Um, yeah, it is. It's There's like a, a weird disconnect that I know some people are feeling where Yep. There's not connective tissue. Some, you know, yep. It's kind of dreamlike in the sense of mm-hmm. we'll do this scene here and then, you know, I, meant, I mentioned, oh, we, okay, now we're paragliding over to the next bit yep. of the story. Now we're in the, under, you know, the underworld. You know, uh, I think the bit between, um, you know, where we go through the specter into limbo is the most connective tissue we have between these places. A lot of it is just we're at the next bit of the journey now. We cut ahead. Yeah. Um, a, and I think it's it, something that if this was a film, you just do your fade out and you fade back in right. and you'd be like, time has passed and no one would even question it. No. Um, but because it's in um, this comic and it's just panel to panel. Yeah, well, and it's very symbolic of different things. Because when they talk about Lex and, and, and Superman and that basically Lex killed Hope, right? That's what he did with Superman. And yeah. he feels like he's responsible for this world now. And that's why he's trying to fix it, is that doom wasn't the answer, justice was. So I'm almost feeling like is Snyder tipping his hand or is this just in the story? Right. But it seems to be tying into what he's doing on, you know, thematically anyways. Yeah, um, it does. Of all of that. So, and, you know, um, he, he always saw this as, you know, his final Batman story, the culmination. Yeah. And I can see it uh, thematically, yeah. even if not, oh, you know, this isn't literally the next, you know, the, the next point yeah. of his story. Thematically, it definitely is uh, a right. culmination of those threads. So we definitely know Omega somebody that, that we know because of the way that Alfred talked to him. Yeah, but it's... Still don't have know, a beat for who it could be. Yeah, because Lex talks about how they actually tried to create another Bruce clone for themselves. Right. Um, it didn't work. It didn't really work. So that, that's a, a potential option, but that, mm-hmm. that doesn't really track with Alfred's line to me. No, because he said he meant so much to you. Yeah, so. Um, so obviously, Dick someone... was one of the first choices, but right. now he's a talent, so probably not. Right, and so that leaves members of the Bat family. You know, despite how they're shaped, maybe Barbara. I can see that being a turn. Maybe, uh, um... but uh, maybe Tim, uh, Damien. I think Damien's probably my odds-on favorite right now. Yeah, just had because... that. I think Tim. Uh, might have worked, but after uh, the detective comics stuff that Tan did, it might yeah. feel a little bit repetitive to kind of do, right. oh, you know, evil Tim in the future again. Like, Right. But it's got to be someone that uh, was inspired by Bruce. And, yeah. and if it's not Dick now, then it's, you know, so. Yeah. But what's your rating, Connor? I'm going to an 8.5. This is great. It's some of Capullo's best work as well. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I, I do many of it. Oh, I'm going to give it an 8 and 8.5. But, but yeah, really good. Well, that brings us out to the part of the show where at least two of us are going to pick some of our favourite stuff of the week. Favourite panel slash moment. Well, I mean, I, I, I still have to do Generation X. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Okay, sorry. <laughs> All just feed right. just through it, Connor. Patreon book. Uh, Generation X. So on patreon.com slash TV. You can sign up for one of the higher tiers, which lets Connor or me read a book of your choosing once per month. Uh, and Connor's book this month is Generation X, issue five. So, uh, Scott Lobdell writing. Yeah. With Chris Piccolo on art, is that right? Yep. There you go. Take it away. Yeah, I 
I don't know. I feel like there was actually a big jump between issues four and five, not in terms of time of what's going on in the book, but just in terms of uh, publishing. I don't know if there was a break, like if it was, you know, originally a mini and then it came back later. You know, we, we just carried no, on. I remember there was there was like crossover stuff happening after issue four, remember? Uh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Because this, everything in this play is like, hey, we're going to reintroduce everyone from scratch. As if, you know, this, like... Like the first page is okay, you know, Jonathan Starsmore, Chamber, not not the most, ha- you know, not the happiest mutant in the world, and it's you know, and every character gets this introduction, like three or four, uh, you know, uh, narration boxes introducing all of them. Uh, felt like quite a lot, um, but well, obviously we're we're gonna start. Well, there's on... an upside to that though, uh, is that there's less pages for story, which in a Scott Lobdell book can be a good thing. Well, well, no, because. It's just more crammed onto a single page. It's okay. not instead of something else. It's as well as everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna start off the uh, establishing panel count because those have gone beyond just taking place in one narration box as well. Because the first one is on you know the second page. We start with you know, a big full page, you know, credits titled, and then you know uh, chamber, you know, complaining that the telly's not working. And, uh, okay, second page, two-page spread. Right, first established panel. The basement of the boys' dorm. Second box. At Xavier's school for gifted youngsters. Third box. Nestled somewhere amid the, the Berkshire Mountains of Massachusetts. Right, okay, that was very specific. Even, even by this, you know, book standards. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, Gateway kind of shows up and has a, you know, a bit of an argument with him. You know, it's like, um, talking about, you know, Husk, uh, not 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 learn well. You know this legacy virus, which I'm not sure exactly what that was. I think explain yeah. later. The uh, legacy virus is this thing in in X Men that's basically like it's like a pseudo like cure. A- it seems like yeah, it's like HIV for mutants. Like once you get it, that's it. Yeah, but it seems especially to take in the nineties, and it kills them. Does like, it kill them as well? Okay. Yeah, but it only affects mutants, not not humans. Yeah. So. Um, but I mean, it, it was really like, cause it just dropped it early on. Like, you know, this is like the yeah. third page. It just talks about this and there was no explanation. And then it comes up again much later in the issue and they actually give a, oh, hey, here's what this thing is. Like the editors know. And I'm like, why not at the start? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, it, you know, it's, um, I assume that the uh, Husk maybe has this, or maybe maybe some of her friends do. I'm not entirely sure. It's a bit unclear. Um, but uh, you know, Gateway's like, hey, you know, maybe she needs friends. She's going to talk to her. Um, but, you know, okay, that's fine, whatever. We cut away then. Uh, we're at New York City, the Big Apple. Uh, again, over two, two, two panels, uh, oh, where Jonathan's teammates, the remaining members of Generation X, have embarked on quite an unusual field trip. God, I, I'm not a fan of these three-panel uh, you know, three box establishing things. Right. That's too much. Um, uh, right. Okay. First bit of terrible, truly terrible art. Like, you know, in terms of, I, I don't really like the art style, but the perspectives are so off here. Uh, you know, Jubilee's up here and she's, you know, buying an apple for, uh, for penance because penance likes apples, apparently. Um, Who doesn't? Yeah. Apples are cool. But she's like, a good, you know, like 30% taller than everyone else for no reason. And it, this isn't consistent. Like, the next panel, she'll be the same size as them all. But here, she's like 30% taller than everyone else. So, you know, everyone else is kind of up to, you know, her mid- middle of her arms. 
Um, but then um, the thing kind of just starts charging through because we're in New York, so that so he just starts you know charging through. He's like, oh, you know, you know, coming through out of the way, you know, mob mob of adoring fans. Comes across like a bit of a dick, to be honest. Uh, everyone starts trying to you know take pictures, you know, swarming over, um, uh, and she loses the apple, and so she's disappointed. Um, now there's something going on with with Monet where she's kind of she's just kind of frozen. Um, she's gone into like a like a trance. Um, apparently, it's happened before. Uh, I think they said it was in the Uncanny X Men issues that obviously preceded this. Um, they don't know exactly what it is, but you know they, they make a point of going, "Hey, you know she, she's so strong and invulnerable that you know there's no chance we can move her while she's like this." But again, these weird perspectives because I've got a panel where you know Jubilee stood next to her; she's maybe like you know like an inch or two inches shorter than her, um, and then they're trying to push her, and they're up to her upper chest, maybe. Uh, you know, there's three of them that are just suddenly shrunk by about you know, a foot and a half for no reason. Um, it's baffling, um, but then, then they're back to normal the next page, and it's just surreal. Uh, but yeah, this is where we, we cut back to the school. You know, so again, establishing uh, back to Xavier School for gifted youngsters, specifically the interactive biosphere training facility, known affectionately to the students as the Danger Grotto. Danger Grotto. <laughs> Danger Grotto. Yeah, I know. I got chuckle at that as well. Mm. Um, but again, you know, this is what I'm talking about, you know, the introductions. So, you know, Banshee's sat in here, you know, he's, he's trying to learn French because I think you know, the idea of oh, penance doesn't speak and they're like, well, maybe she doesn't speak English. So they're just trying all these languages to see if she'll respond. Uh, but again, you know, these, these interests, you know, his name is Sean Cassidy. He's called Banshee. Besides being a mute, yada, yada, yada. It, it's a full, like, you know, seven or eight panel, uh, you know, boxes of that for a character who's been in the book since the first issue. I'm like... This is quite an extreme recap of these characters, um, and you, know, you get the same again then for Penance. Um, but you know, basically, he's trying it. She doesn't listen to friends. She's like, oh, "All right, well, I'll try again next time." And then he goes back to his room, and Penance is already in there, and she's stealing his apples because she really likes apples, apparently. Um, but yeah, we're back to back to New York, which uh, gratefully just has NYC as the. Uh, as the, the establishing caption, which much better. Uh, still feels unnecessary given that, you know, we're, we're back to those characters. They haven't changed. There doesn't seem to be any reason. But, uh, you know, they're, 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 in a, they're in the taxi, and um, but the, you know, the, there's a crash, and um, there's all these uh, dead security guards, uh, you know, then like nailed up to the wall. And uh, it's, um, it's pretty. Severe looking, you know, uh, doesn't look great. Um, like the, 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 they've painted on these messages as well, so it's not it's not like painted in blood, but it's done in like a like a, a pinky red color. But they are all dead and nailed to the wall, so they could have just done it in blood and you know gone for the full effect. Um, but uh, they, you know they're assuming she's, they're they're after uh, Emma Frost, you know whatever's going on, um, which leaves us to. To, to try and help um but you know and then but then you know frost tele you know telepathically communicates and like no i forbid you stop worrying about it you know go go get banshee and the x-men go get help you know leave me here um and that's that part there and then we cut back to xavier's school uh and you know then we, we talk about husk and and she is in well 
She comes across as inc- incredibly drunk slash high. She claims she's only had the one drink, so it's hard oh. to say exactly. Um, but, you know, she's just lying there on the pool table. Um, th- this is where we, you know, um, we, we get a bit about the, the legacy virus. It actually tells me what it is a bit. Um, you know, she's recounting. I said, oh, I'm afraid we've got some bad news for you. You know, we're going to have to cancel your life on account of being a mutant and all that. You know, turns out you got this uh, legacy virus that you know, kills mutants. Um, so she's obviously not taking it so well, which is why she's getting hammered. Um, but you know, Chamber comes up and you know, he's talking to her, and you know, they have a little, just a little bit of a she brands it basically. You know, she's just getting out of a system, and he just stands there. Um, but you know, that, that's about it for that. But okay, so we're, you know, we're back to the rest of the team. Um, again, multiple captions, you know, Frost Enterprises, the penthouse. So they're going up in the elevator. You know, you know, even though they agreed, oh, we're going to contact the X Men after we find uh, find her. So you know, they're just ignoring her. Um, and they go in, and then they start fighting. Uh, Gene Nation uh, is what he, I think he calls himself. Uh, yeah, Hemingway. Um, big, big description. You know, ba- you know, basically they go, oh yeah, in another in another time and place, he'd have been called a Morlock. You know, here and now he's a genetic nightmare made real. Um. Huge fight, you know, a uh, big, big splash page of a uh, um, who, who was it? it was a Jubilee and Sync, uh, kind of you know throwing off blasts, and they're like, hey, you know, get, you know, years from now, assuming they live that long, these two mutants may develop into two of the most powerful beings on the on the planet, and then again, here's the recap of these people's powers that I didn't really need, but okay, um, you know, years to now, but however, for now, you know, the the current power levels will do. So it, it felt particularly over the top. It's not even like, oh, you know, but, you know, that's years from now. Right now they're struggling. It's like, no, they're still fine. It, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, big tussle. Uh, I think Sync uh, saves, is it Sync that saves Jubilee? Or is it, uh, you know, but she's falling out of the window. You know, they, they, they grab her and they save her. Um, uh, but they're like, okay, so... Do do we know you know where Emma Frost and that that are because they don't get there, um, and basically they, they just get you know a psychic, a psionic hologram of like an image of like this place of like, you know oh you know mutants only you know and it's uh, all this twisted kind of hellish looking entrance, and uh, that that's the end of that. Um, basically, it's like okay you know next time we'll we'll follow on that and see see if we can find them. Uh, as I said, um, I find it hard to follow the fights properly uh, with Picalozar. I think it's so messy and uh, airy loose inks just to, to play out. You know, it's, it's super 90s in that sense. It's kind of all over the place. Everything's huge uh, and, and feels out of proportion constantly. Um, and, you know, and, and things seem to, to swap back and forth. It's It's a it's, it's really hard to get any sense of perspective when things are just changing so much. Uh, yeah, Matt, your mic's going. Um, so, a bit of a chore. Um, and again, I, like, I, I always say, you know, I like to have, you know, I like when they tell me their name, you know, in, in, in a comic. It doesn't have to be in a, like an introductory narration box, but, you know, just a, mm-hmm. in conversation, drop them every issue, tell me the name of whoever's there. Just, it's good practice. Uh, this went overboard by giving me, you know, their entire backstories and 
powers. I'm like, this is issue five. You want names? We'll give you names. We'll give you everything. We'll give you bios and every single character, every yeah, single yeah. issue, like, every single page. When I had like eight boxes to read for a single character of a character that, I mean, it has been around longer than this anyway, but even, even if you assume, okay, you're reading this book, it's five issues in. You've been reading it for the previous four issues. He's been all, all four of the previous issues, but hey, you might have forgotten. So here's everything. Uh, it felt pretty extreme. This is all building up to an issue where you read it and you actually get an introduction for the same character twice. That's what this is. That's, that is what the conclusion to this has to be. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Yeah. No, uh, it's like a three and a half. Three and a half. Oof. All right. Well, that, in fact, does bring us on to the part of the show where we pick our favorite stuff for the week, favorite panel, slash moment, favorite cover, favorite art, and then top five books, or in this case, just ranking the ones that you happen to read. Uh, Of course, as mentioned before, and obvious by my lack of discussion for the last, you know, hour, um, I did not read any books this week because all the annuals and specials that happened to come out were all for books that I don't read. Uh, Which means I get to just ask Matt and Connor um, your favorite panel slash moment. You got one off the top of your head, Connor? Uh, I was just flicking through Last Night on Earth because it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely from that. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to go with the page where you just see you know, them walking on the giant spectre cloak and realize yeah. what it is. I think that was a fantastic moment. Uh, mine, mine's when Superman shows up and you're like, what the hell? And he's carrying Batman. Yeah, that's a good one as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, best so. cover of the week? Hey, you can answer this Last one as well. On yeah. I'll have to go look at them. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, so do I. I'm doing it now, but you could look at them. That's what I did when Connor was talking. I had it all set up for next week's books because I needed that. I now I have to go back. Yeah, you'll manage. Let's see. Um... That's as well. So, someone else, feel free to answer while I'm like. <laughs> I said last night on Earth with, with Bane and uh, Scarecrow looking all creepy yeah i'm probably gonna go with that i actually i was looking at the variant there for last night on earth yeah and i was shocked to see that ramita jr because it does not look like a ramita jr piece not you really mean it looks decent yeah but like the shadows and like it looks it looks not bad mm. huh fair enough yeah i need to go with batman last night on earth as well there's not a lot of options to be honest but <laughs> There's, there's not because uh, the annuals don't have variants for a start, so there's even just less in that sense. Yeah. Um. Hey, where's my pick? Did you pick one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I also went with last night on Earth. Yeah. So everyone's everyone's picked one. Very good. All right, favorite art of the week then. Capullo, last night on Earth. Yeah. There you go. That was quick and painless. All right, rank your books, Matt. Last night on Earth. Uh, Justice League Dark Annual and uh, Batman Who Laughs. Connor? If I can... Last Night on Earth, Green Lantern Annual. <laughs> hey, week five is the, the, the wacky. Although, to be fair, October's week five is looking packed as shit, so I mean, this won't be up an issue next time. Um, yeah. We'll have a nice, healthy week five in Comic This is actually, I mean, we are obviously in the early days, we when there wasn't, you know, before they'd even really gotten to doing annuals yet. We had to do. We had to really fill the time on week fives, but it's been such a long time now since that's been a problem because I felt like we've had 
consistently mm-hmm. at least four or five books still on a week five. Yeah, and last week five we had both a Heroes in Crisis and a Doomsday Clock, so I mean that filled up considerable yeah. time on the show. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this one, like, it feels weird. This is a weird. It's a weird week five because there's, there's not not a lot of meaty stuff, at least for all of us to get, dig into. Anyway, uh, so I'll tell you what's coming um, next week. Next week uh, from DC Comics, we have Batman 76. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's all excited to assume. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, 3, issue 4. Uh, we get Deceased number 4 coming out. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that. Deathstroke 46. Uh, we have Doom Patrol Weight of the World, issue 2. We've... Do you know what? I was actually uh, catching up on, mm-hmm. on that. I was, I've read the first like seven issues of the the first volume. Okay. It's real good. All right. All right. Somewhat tempted. Somewhat tempted. Uh, got Green Lantern issue 10 coming next week. We got Harley Quinn 64. Justice League 29 is out next week. Lois Lane number 2 is out next week. Uh, we have the first of the year of the villain one-shots with Sinestro. Uh, yeah. We have Superman Up in the Sky issue 2. That's the Tom King Superman book. I mean, I think it was just me that read that, but I was into it. So yeah. I read that as well. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, was it okay? It was the Bendis Batman one. It was only me that read, but I knew I, knew I only oh, read okay. one of them. Yeah. Sinestro is the Mark Russell one. Yeah, because yeah. I was looking at and like, okay, do, is there anything that that I can get away with not reading next week? Because I'm working. I'm like, okay, but uh, and that was thought, oh maybe, and that's a Mark Russell. I went, damn it, I kind of want to read that now. Yeah, it's worth yep. mentioning. Obviously, not every single book I mentioned there is one that we typically cover. Uh, but that is all the books that are out. Although I do want to just point out the uh, Rucka Wonder Woman uh, Volume Three is out, and that's the uh, original run. Finally, because vo- yep. Volume One and Two have been out for ages of that run. Yeah, because I have two, and I was waiting on uh, starting yeah. until three came out. I think they were once a year they were publishing them. Oh, it's been longer than that. Yeah, how was it? Volume two is yeah, one way and two, more than that. One and two came out pretty pretty back to back. Yeah, they, they, one and two were um, at most a year, but I think it was more like eight months between them. And then volume two, I think, was like January twenty eighteen, maybe even twenty seventeen. Not that long. It's been a while. It's been a while. So that's why I'm pointing out. I'm saying finally that that third and final. Uh, Rocky Wonder Woman books out uh, from the you know 2000s uh, run we're talking about here uh, so let's so check that out um, alright there you go that's the books that are coming next week um, I never actually asked on Twitter this week what their favourite book was because because you're a terrible person well, I'm sure Talking Superman would have had Green Lantern I'm just I'm sure I was more concerned with getting questions given the, the, the nature of the week and ultimately wasn't a lot of books to pick from so you know it wasn't as an exciting week to ask but uh i will ask next week so pay attention on the twitters that dc comics podcast follows on there uh and you get asked your favorite book was every week you get updates from us and all sorts um, and you get to ask questions and if you want to ask questions on there you can also ask questions via email you can do that send a longer question there to mftvquestions at gmail.com you can do that you can support us by liking subscribing rating us on your podcast app nice five star review or whatever um but you can also support us financially over at patreon.com slash tv where you can support us for as little as one dollar per month and for that one dollar now you get your weekly dose of uh comics in the multiverse extra which is me and connor working through a run uh one issue a week um issue well not issue two but our second single issue of gotham central will be uh out uh tomorrow uh, at the time of recording so same day this goes up actually um so uh, that's issue 12 of that book and the reason why we started issue 11 is because we already talked about volume one which had the first 10 issues uh which is also available at your one dollar tier so uh if you want to get into that it'll cost one dollar a month and you can go and support us that way uh, and feel warm and fuzzy on the inside um 
Uh, other than that, uh, other content we do, we review a bunch of movies and TV shows. Uh, typically, we've got a horror movie podcast called Screams After Midnight. We've got a sci-fi movie podcast called The Ace. Uh, me and Cora review a bunch of TV shows every week. Uh, working through the boys, like we said earlier, from Amazon Prime. And working through a bunch yeah. of other stuff too. We checked out the first episode of Pennyworth. Oh, that's true. We did. Yeah. That was How a... much you love it, Pete? <sighs> I, I, I think Matt would really enjoy it. Yeah, I might check it out. 70 minutes of that boring shite. 70 minutes. It's very Guy Ritchie-esque. So... It is. Mm-hmm. It's 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 if Guy Ritchie did a James Bond TV show. Right. I hope it's better like, than if Guy like, Ritchie did a Latin. That's disappointing. <laughs> um, I think the word "if" there is maybe a bit uh, incorrect, Matt. <laughs> no, I so I stand by my statement. Uh, it's more like when Guy Ritchie did La- did a lot. <laughs> I much rather watch Swept Away than Aladdin again. I'm saying a lot. I can't say. I I've seen Swept Away. I have no opinion. That's the one with Madonna. Considered oh. his worst movie. Yeah. But at least he was trying something different as opposed to the exact same thing. The Disney money. Yeah. 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 yeah no, so. I, I get it. I mean, it's different for him at least because it's not, yeah. you know. But you know what? He, he did 60s spy stuff with, with Man from Uncle. And oh, yeah. Yeah. This is, ah, this I loved is, it. Imagine, imagine the, because, you know, that, that was kind of Americanized, yeah. you know. Uh, right. Imagine the British version. So, you know, to, to, right. to go to James Bond right. uh, and as a TV show. It's it's uh, uh, it's Pennyworth. Fine, fine. I'm gonna have to check this out. Now, what, what network's it on? Epics. Epics. Oh, I have Epics, so there's no excuse. There is an excuse. You've got other better things to watch. That's the excuse. I don't know. Pete doesn't like it, so. <laughs> God damn it, Matt! When have I ever steered you wrong? You have it, but you know, I also like uh, I like sillier things than you do. Hence, I'm still watching Riverdale. So, <laughs> I don't know the dream, the dream warriors uh, elements that may pull me back in. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, maybe when she gets me, attacked by a bear. Maybe when I'm done with Brooklyn Nine Nine season six, maybe I'll uh, dabble yeah. with some some Riverdale. And mind you, if anybody's taking my recommendation, uh, it's not good. Get that out of there. Yeah, but it's entertaining. <laughs> There's there's a difference. You can you can be a mess and still be entertaining. It's trash. It's complete up trash, but it's yeah, amusing okay. trash. <laughs> yeah, is what you said. Uh, all right, that's been episode one six six of comics from the multiverse. What a weird and wacky episode it's been. Um, it's the only episode to date where I have left the house in the middle of it and went and got myself a snack. Yeah. And still didn't watch the Harley Quinn trailer. And still didn't watch the Harley Quinn trailer. That's true. Um, yeah, there you go. So, uh, let us know you thought of the books uh, again. Um, like and subscribe, all your stuff. Uh, thank you very much once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, guys. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Look at my lightsaber.